Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to another Four Guys Recorders interview. We have a very, very, very special guest. Um, but before I introduce him, I'm just going to announce that Dreadpool is on the panel with us. Um, so what's up, Dreadpool? Not much. How's it going? I'm just doing a back-to-pad podcast, right? We're just uh, having fun and enjoying the time and, and really appreciate Tommy's uh, time for to hang out with us. Absolutely. And Tommy, what's going on, man? Hey, hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. I, I usually don't do these things in the morning, but, you know, you guys, uh, you guys are on the East Coast. And uh, I mean, it's morning to me. It's nine in the morning. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's cool to uh, do something a little different. Absolutely. Well, thank you for being here. We really appreciate it. Um, you're a legend amongst many people. Uh, especially in the video game community. And we're all familiar with a lot of the things that you've done and, and look up to uh, the amazing work that you've produced and continue to produce and even bringing back the Amico, which is really, really cool to see that kind of passion. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. You know, my, uh, you know, uh, my background is of Italian descent and, you know, we were just talking before we started and you're a fellow Paisan uh, as well. What, 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 do you know what part of Italy your family's from? Uh, my father's from Mola de Bari, um, but he was raised in Monopoly. And then the rest of my family um, was around like the, is, how's it pronounced? The Puglia area, but they started Puglia. to settle. Puglia. Yep. You know, I can yeah. never pronounce the stuff, right? but they settled, <laughs> they settled in Rome, uh, some of them. Okay, so they, they're from the south, but they went north. I'm, my family's 100% south, yeah. Uh, but Puglia, I was there a couple years ago. It's beautiful. It's like, uh, it, it's kind of like the, um, it's, it's, it's almost, it's tropical because it's at the very bottom of the boot. Uh, uh, of the heel of, of Italy. It's the most southern point, excluding uh, Sicily, of course, but of uh, the main island or the main uh, landmass, it's the very end. Yeah, the Puglia region is very, it's known, uh, that's where all the o olive oil comes from. In fact, uh, uh, most of it is, is from that region, but yeah, you gotta go. It's beautiful, it's amazing. The last time I went, I was three years old. And I, okay. unfortunately, I'd never been back with my Bambino. sister. Yeah. Bambino. Yeah. That was when they used to call me Carlino. All right. Little, yeah. Go. Little yeah. Carlo. <laughs> um, Carlo my sister, Italiano. Yeah. Because, you know, I, you know, or, do you know, just, do you just speak Italian or do you only know the bad words? I only know the bad words. My father never, <laughs> he never let me learn the language because what he used to tell us growing up was that English was the hardest language for him to learn coming from Italy. So he felt yeah. that if he taught us Italian first, we would have a hard time with the English language. But my yeah. father, my father spoke multiple dialects because he actually oh. understood um, like pure Latin. So he mm -hmm. could speak into like different dialects. And he said the English was still the yeah. hardest for him to learn. Oh, I, I, I know friends. I have friends in the northern part of Italy that cannot understand people from the south. Like the dialects are that, you know, that that different. And, and yeah, the, of course, the old uh, Italian language from the 12th century, like if you if you ever read like, you know, any of uh, like Dante's Inferno, um, you know, that was written in the, you know, 11th, 12th century era. 
And that style Italian is very, was very much heavily influenced uh, by the Latin language at that point. So, you know, reading those original things are really cool. Um, and when I, I, I know this because when I was uh, writing an Italian opera, I used that 12th century, uh, I used that 12th century dialect because Latin is more of a, like Italian, like modern Italian is very kind of sing-songy, you know, hey, you know, it's very, it's very beautiful, you know, uh, and, and kind of, you know, bouncy almost, uh, but uh, and and the game really didn't wasn't like that, and so it was more. The game was called Advent Rising, and it was more of like dark doom kind of stuff. And so I used the the twelfth century Italian dialect because Latin is like you know, oh, you know, it's like it's like, it's more like foreboding and and this and that. So uh, yeah, it's 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 interesting. Language is always an interesting thing to me. Yeah. So yeah. how many languages do you know? Uh. Uh, just just two. Uh, 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 t well, if you want to call a street language, I guess we could say that street slang. That would be three. No, uh, no. I, I, actually, let me let me preface it like one and a half, because uh, I'm I'm not great at Italian um, unless I'm there and you you know submerse yourself into it. But I'm not I'm not that I'm not as good as I want to be but you really do need to be like submersed in it. You have to like focus on it, you know? Yeah. So, um, and I don't focus on it. So I, I forget most of it and then I have to go back and relearn it again. So you kind of like when I, when I know I'm going to Italy, I'll kind of get back into it for another month, you know, to, to go out there. But uh, I yeah, so I'd say one and a half. I'm, I'm kind of like that too. When I go back to Europe uh, my family decides on how long I've been there by how good and fluent I am when I go back. You know, right, so they're you like, are. oh, you've been here a couple of weeks already. So now you've seen us, you know, and if I'm stumbling over my words, they're like, OK, you've only been here like less than a week. So, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm the same way. And it's 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 funny how we because we're here talking English all the time, interacting, even when we are amongst others that speak the same language, we don't fall back to it to, yeah. to kind of keep going like that. Uh, but it's yeah, nice but to, but to answer that... your question, though. That's I, the reason I brought up the Italian thing is is that because uh, you probably know this from from being Italian yourself and having close ties to the country, the old the old country. But um, you know, we're taught at a really young age to be very passionate people, whether it's anything, you know, whether it's music or cooking or you know the automobiles we make or whatever you know there's a lot of passion in the writing and the music and the people the people are always yeah you know like people are like dude take it down a notch you know it's like you've never been to italy <laughs> everybody you you think you think i'm outgoing no you don't know outgoing I, i'm reserved back there you know um but um and and so but it, but that's the thing that that passion that that our you know that that our culture and then other cultures are passionate as well but italians seem to wear it on their sleeve if you will you know um but uh that's what that's what drives me to do you know to do this and why we're so excited about what we're doing with amico and in television and and the great thing is though is that you know we have over 60 employees now and wow. we have yeah, we have offices all over the world. We have an office in Dubai in the United Arab Emirates. 
We have offices. Our European headquarters is in Nuremberg, Germany. Uh, we have a Salt Lake City office in Utah, which is a lot of our like logistics and legal and accounting and customer service and our test department. Uh, and then we have our kind of our creative uh, branch, if you will, and, and the the people creating the hardware and the and the and the uh, you know initial software UI, the UX, all that stuff, and that's in Irvine, California, um, and that's where the bulk of the people are. But but Salt Lake is is quickly as we're ramping up, uh, ready to go. Uh, you know, Salt Lake's going to be catching us up soon. But um, yeah, and every person that we hire um, has to show that passion has to show like, like, you know, we might have like a super genius and somebody who's maybe not as good, but is just so excited about the project and excited about what we're doing and really kind of big personality or whatever. Like, like those are the folks who, who normally, you know, would, would get the job because, you know, when you walk into Intellivision and I hope some folks out there can experience this someday for themselves. I know we got a lot of friends here on the uh, on the chat. By the way, hello, over ninety six people. We let, wow. ninety six. See if we can get it to a hundred. Um, but uh, that that when you walk into Intellivision and you uh, you just you just feel this sense of excitement bouncing off the walls. Everybody is there because they love our mission. They love what we're doing. Most of us have been in the industry 20, 30, 40 years. And that's something else that's, that makes a big difference about what we're doing. This entire you know, console and the concept and the software is done by people who actually make video games and some of the biggest video games ever of all time. You know, we have people who helped to create the PlayStation and cloud gaming. We have uh, people who created the Xbox and the Xbox 360. We have, you know, the marketing people who worked at Nintendo. We have a former president of Nintendo of America for their in-house uh, development team. Um, you know, uh, as uh, he's one of our big, big advisors, very close with us. Um, but the folks who work there, you know, it's really incredible. Like our, our VP of production is Jason Enos, who was the uh, product manager and producer of games. You might have heard of them. Metal Gear Solid, Silent Ooh. Hill, uh, Castlevania. Uh, uh, um, uh, he was the guy who brought Dance Dance Revolution from Japan to the rest of the world. Uh, you know, these are the folks, uh, our VP of business development, Phil Adam. He was the guy who got Tetris from Russia out to the world. And again, you know, he was the guy who showed it to um, Hank Rogers at uh, in 1983 CES. If you watch any Tetris documentary, you'll see Phil Adam. Uh, but he was also the guy who did the first deal uh, with Crash Bandicoot, Naughty Dog, and Universal. He was the first guy who did the first deal with BioWare. He was the first guy. He worked on this company, a little, little company uh, did a deal with called Silicon and Synapse. Uh, a lot of folks might not have heard him, but they later changed their name to Blizzard Entertainment. And, uh, and he was also the VP and at a certain point president of, of Interplay for many years, uh, like 12, I think he was there 12 or 13 years. And these are the types of folks that we have, you know, all around us building this uh, unique 
unique system. And, and we really don't consider ourselves competing with Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo, and now I guess you say Google as well with the Stadia um, or Apple with their, with their you know, uh, uh, Game Pass stuff. But, but we're uh, Apple Arcade. Um, but, uh, you know, we're really trying to bridge a gap between mobile gaming and console slash hardcore gaming, right? There's like, there's 200 million hardcore gamers in the world. Those are people that play PC, hardcore PC, you know, master race as, as we folks call them. Uh, there's the hardcore PC gamers, Microsoft, Nintendo, and Sony. You add up all those hardcore gamers, that's 200 million people. Yet 3 billion people play mobile games every day around the world, right? And so there's a massive, yeah, that, that means guys that less than 7% of the people who play video games are playing it in their living room, right? Or playing it on, on a console. And our focus is let's bring the family back together and friends. All of our games are couch co-op. Our four pillars are simple, affordable, family, entertainment, right? Those are our four pillars. And those spell out the word safe, simple, affordable, family, entertainment. All the games are $9.99 or less. No in-app purchases, no microtransactions, no in-app advertising, no loot boxes. $9.99 or less, and it's yours, right? And our physical media is $20 or less, right? $19.99. Um, uh, and then all of our games, the, why, the reason that safe thing play, comes into play is that all of our games are family friendly. So we don't show violence. We don't show uh, bad language, sexual content, that kind of stuff. Not that I'm against that in any way. I actually like playing Grand Theft Auto and Red Dead 2 or Red Dead Redemption, all those games. It's not that I'm against it at all. It's just that what we're creating as a company is something that we want parents to feel safe about. That's why we don't have online gaming as well. Our, 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 our console, Amico, focuses around people in the same room playing together because you know a lot of some of the online stuff it, it is toxic you know it's a toxic environment for young kids for for women you know even even persons of color there was a there was a thing that came out on good morning america yesterday where they they found that you know kind of the toxic nature sometimes of online gaming unfortunately and so we don't even have that as well so this is a machine that parents can trust you know, that they, they don't have to worry about setting parental controls. They don't have to worry about what their kids could or can't download. They don't have to worry about a toxic environment. They don't have to worry about their kids racking up an $800 bill because they were buying skins and DLC, right? You know, and, and so, um, you know, simple, easy, affordable. That, that's, that's, the, um, that, that's, that's our goal and that's our mission. And keep it simple, no matter what your skill level is. Similar to like what the Wii was, right? The Wii was 15 years ago, though. 15 years ago. And our system comes with two controllers, which is, and, and they're really cool controllers. They have a color touchscreen, uh, LED. So they, oh, that's you know, they, awesome. 
yeah, they light up, the buttons light up, the disc lights up. It's, uh, it's, and it, it has a gyroscope and an accelerometer. You can see the ball moving around the screen there. Oops, sorry, ball there, moving around the screen. So gyroscope, accelerometer, uh, force feedback, speaker, microphone, right? Um, like I said, the, the analog disc and the disc is a, a oh, color capacitive touchscreen. So the same type of touchscreen that's on your phone, very high quality. And here's the thing. Most cell phones, as you know, use like glass or go gorilla glass or, you know, for the thing. What happens when you drop your phone? Thing breaks, it cracks, right? We can't have that with our controller. We spent the extra money and this is a polycarbonate right? So it, it, it doesn't scratch like plastic, but it's super solid and, and won't break as well, right? Now you get two of these. You get to, oh, look, look at the, look at the disc here on it. Well, let me focus it. Um, so it's 64 positions. So most D-pads are eight positions, up, down, left, right, and the diagonals. But with this, you get 64 different positions, which comes in really cool. Like when you're like, if you're a fish swimming around or a dolphin swimming around or, or uh, you know, to get that, or if you're a skier and you're, you know, going like this, you know, and it's really a, a different experience. Uh, and this spins around, as you can see too. And it's really a different experience because like even with an analog stick, as you know, analog sticks are always pulling back to center, right? They're springing back to center. So to have something like this, it's, it, it's really, really, uh, really cool and amazing. But here's the crazy thing. Again, because we all, it, for us, it's all about value and trust with our consumers. That's what we want. We're not, you know, our bottom line isn't how much profit. That, that, that's why we don't have microtransactions and all that stuff. You know, we're more about, you know, providing something great for everyone. And if they like it, then, you know, the, the success will come later. The financial success will come later. But let's build something really cool and unique and pass all of the savings onto, onto the folks. So in that regards, um, we also have an app. So you can oh. download our free app. And you can download this uh, now. It's called Amico Club. And you can actually play Amico Club. You can actually play a first level of one of our, our one of our games, Moon Patrol, right now on 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 the Amico Club app. But but you download it for free, and you see how it replicates our controller. Because everything that I mentioned that was in here, force feedback, color touchscreen, speaker, microphone, all that stuff, is also in this, right? And so you can download this for free. And are you ready? You can hook up to eight devices to the system out of the box, no extra charge. Now we also sell these uh, separately as well. Um, we will be selling these separately and a whole bunch of different colors. Uh, there's glacier white and, um, and, and a graphite black. Those are our two base models. And we have three special edition models, which are GTO red, which is the one you can see right there over my shoulder, uh, GTO Red. We have a Galaxy Purple. Where's my Galaxy Purple? Uh, where is that? 
this is uh pay no attention to the uh to this this is just uh this is going to be silver but this is the galaxy purple and it's uh it's like a, a metallic um and then we also have of course for the classic and television folks or retro fans we have the the vintage wood grain and gold and again this will be like a metallic gold it's just a placeholder for now um and uh yeah so that's that's kind of the the thing in a nutshell, I probably might've answered five of your questions, but I figured, let me get all that out of the way. And uh, hello to the chat, 150 people watching. That's awesome. My friends, Lance Jennings and Grudge, I see in there are so many uh, big in television fans I'm, I'm seeing already. Yeah. Uh, first off, I want to say that uh, just from, you know, what you showed us, it looks amazing. Like, the, the color scheme looks very bright. It looks very exciting. It looks very entertaining. It kind of draws you in, almost. Um, right. The first thing I want to do after this podcast is download that app that you mentioned and try it out yeah, already. play Moon Patrol on it. It's really cool. And, in fact, we're doing a Moon Patrol high score contest right now. So, when you finish the level, it gives you it whatever your score is and we have like a, a code you just take a picture of your screen and email it to us moon patrol at intellivisionentertainment.com and we're giving away the prize we're giving away is a moon patrol uh marquee from the arcade game in in a light box from the original like like looking like the original arcade game and it's signed by the original producer of Moon Patrol, Scott Samura. I'll be I'll sign it as well, but but Scott Samura, who is also the former president of uh Nintendo of America uh, for their wow. internal uh development team. That is that is actually very cool and very impressive that you're doing something like that for um yeah. the fans of the system. Um so I want to ask you, uh, I know that you said that it's gonna be family friendly entertainment, couch co-op. <laughs> What kind of games are being developed for the uh, the Amico? That's a great question. So we have five different categories of games, and I'll quickly go through them. We have retro reimagined. That means all of your old favorite games uh, from from like the seventies and eighties, and even into the nineties. and we retro reimagine those. So everything, for, and we got, we went out and got mostly every license from from Pong to Tempest and Missile Command to to uh, to Burger Time and Moon Patrol and all these great old games. But we say retro reimagine. So we're creating, you know, new graphics. We're not changing the gameplay too much, though, right? But they get a new coat of paint, new audio. And we're adding multiplayer. So remember, every single Amico game has a single player and a multiplayer. Every single one. Because I guarantee if I ask you guys and everybody in the chat what your fondest gaming memories were growing up or recently, I guarantee growing up, I bet your fondest memories were when you were playing a game with somebody else or a group of people in a room together, you know, like those are the fondest memories that, that we have, whether it was maybe it was golden eye on the N64 Mario Kart on the super Nintendo or, you know, whatever, even if it was you and your dad taking turns on Zelda or something, you know, it's like, you know, so many of those great memories. And then when the internet kind of crept in to gaming in the late nineties, 
a lot of that couch co-op kind of went away because multiplayer now meant you know a kid in a dark room with their headphones on you know and and so we want to bring back we want to bring that back in a major way we want all of our games to be focused on that kind of thing and again no matter what your skill level right i want my mom to be able to beat me i, I want i want my dad to be able to beat me i want my mom uh, my wife whatever you know and so and so that's a 75-year-old a, a, a grandfather should be able to beat their, you know, 21-year-old grandson or, and the, or, or, the, or a five-year-old girl should be able to have the same chances as a 25-year-old hardcore gamer, right? And, and so we're designing the games like that. So that's Retro Reimagine. Uh, the second category is Original IPs. So those are all brand new experiences because all of our games are being designed around this. Most of the games on Intellivision Amico cannot be ported or put on other systems because of the way we're incorporating a color touchscreen. Imagine that where everybody on the couch has information that might be different from somebody else, right? Uh, or, you know, using the lights in order to unlock chests or doors or, or give codes and things like that through colors. So many different ways to, to utilize this. Um, and that's the other thing is that all of the games on our system are exclusive to our system, at least our versions as well. So, so for example, what that means to, to get a little more specific exacts, I don't want to confuse folks, is that we do have certain ports of games on a small percentage, I think maybe less than 10% of the games that were coming up. By the way, we got 50 games in development right now, and we're gonna be launching with 35 games around there. So that's pretty cool. Oh, by the way, you get six free games on the console day one. You don't even have to hook it up to the internet. You just get the games right away. Again, we're going old school. We're going back to the way it used to be, uh, where you don't have to get on the internet, right? And so, um, and so what that means is all games are exclusive. It means that we're not doing any direct ports, right? So many of these systems, they do direct ports and it's on same game that's on Steam, is on the Switch, it's on the PlayStation 4 and they're all 1999 or whatever. Remember, all of our games are 999 or less. So even though a game, uh, I'll, I'll give you an example. We have a game called Rigid Force Redux, but we call ours Rigid Force Redux Enhanced. So this is a game that's available on Switch and Steam in PlayStation 4 and Xbox for $20. Our version is exclusive because we're adding in Couch Co-op to a 2D awesome shooter that already exists. We're adding in more music, different audio, different you know, graphics or whatever, right? We're adding to that, but wait, ours is $9.99 or less. So even then you're getting more, but you're paying half the price. And, and so things like that. Um, so every game on the system is exclusive. Um, and so a lot of our original IPs though are based around that. That was the second category. Third category, sports and recreation. So some of the big licenses we have are like Major League Baseball and don't laugh, but 
American Cornhole League. Now that's a big deal. If, if, if anyone watches ESPN two on the weekend or whatever, you're going to see like millions of people are watching professional cornhole. And of course it's a game that people are playing all over the country, especially in the summer times, tailgating, picnics, parties, cookouts, the beach, whatever. You see cornhole everywhere now. It's really exploded. And this is one of our pack-in games. And the reason there's a lanyard on here is because, you know, we use the motion controls. Some people say it's kind of like, are we bowling? You know, it's like, like, like we bowling was to the Wii. you know, you, you, you push the button and you, you release it like that. Super duper fun. We have over a hundred unlockables, 42 countries around the world uh, that you go to and different leagues within those really, really cool. Um, so things like, so not only professional sports like major league baseball, and then we got, you know, football, hockey, those kind of things, but also recreational sports like cornhole and skiing and shuffleboard and hey paisan we got bocce in there ah, oh we, gotta have oh, some bocce we do oh, you gotta have some bocce you kidding me um and uh and pool and darts and things like that so that's third category sports and recreation fourth category casual so board games card games dice games word games brain games those kind of types of, of of games as well and um and again what makes them so unique remember we we have this controller so i'll give you an example a dice game something as simple as like a yahtzee or a farkle or a liar's dice where you have the dice here and you shake the controller and you see the dice shaking around and, and this is shaking because we got the force feedback and you're hearing the dice come out of the little speaker like this and, and everybody can shake. And then when it's your turn, you throw the dice and they and you can watch them and they throw out of here up onto the screen. And just that one little thing is such a huge wow factor for you know, for like non-gamers, casual gamers, but even ga gamers, like it, it's, it, it like, it's fun. It, you don't get tired of doing it. It's, it's really great. And again, one of our packing games as well is Farkle, which is a really awesome, you know, simple, but really challenging risk reward dice game. It's really cool. So that's another free game you, you get right in the system along with cornhole and skiing and, and our biggest smash, Astro Smash. Um, and we have uh, one, one we haven't said what it is yet. We're keeping that. And then one of our other popular games, Shark Shark. Those are the, those are the five of the six pack-in games. Fourth category is, uh, oh wait, no, that was the fourth category. Fourth category is board, board games. And the final category is children and edutainment. So what are some of the licenses we have? Sesame Street uh care bears you know these are sesame street's the biggest name in entertainment and learning over the last 50 years right there's no there's no bigger children's entertainment learning license in the world and when you look on the nintendo switch there's not a single sesame street game on there right and so um and so that's really what we're building uh, but it's a great question it's a long answer but i really wanted to get you know, uh, specific about all that. Cause I think it's, it's, it's really important.
Um, we have a question in the chat from Michael Ung. I'm not. I'm sure you've probably been asked this before, but I don't know what the answer is to this. He asked about like NBA Jam, NHL licensing. Uh, I guess yeah. like sports license and like that. Yeah. So we have Major League Baseball. Um, we we are talking to the NHL. We're talking to the NBA. We're talking to the PGA. Um, and so we'll be. We haven't announced anything yet. But uh, rest assured, some of those will be will be coming uh, as well. But but even like like take football, for example, like, you know, that's 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 a license where we don't even really feel we need it. I think it's good for like Major League Baseball. Um, PGA is cool because you get to use the courses and things like that. But for something like football, like if you remember, you remember like Tecmo Bowl? Yeah, like like and 10 yard fight. Like, so we have the 10 yard fight license and we're, you know, we're talking to the Tecmo folks as well about getting Tecmo Bowl. So, so we're not too worried about the NFL license too much, but yeah, it would be nice to get the NBA and NHL and PGA. And we're talking uh, to those folks as well as many others as well. But, uh, but the, but the, we've announced American Cornhole League, the ACL and the, uh, and Major League Baseball, which is huge i mean that's that's a triple a sports license you don't get bigger than that you know um i know that you mentioned moon patrol and that's a yeah. game that I, I remember that from the arcades because my dad used to take me to the arcades a lot my first memory was i was three years old in his pizza place and he pushed up a wooden chair in front of pac Wait, an italian owning a pizza place no yeah that's, that's yeah very rare. yeah <laughs> and he had arcade machines there and uh pac-man right. was that's where you went Yes, they were they were either in the arcades in the in the 70s and 80s. And for folks in the chat who are old enough to remember this, I bet you all remember they were either at the pizza joints, your your local pizza joint or the arcade. Sometimes I would see one or two in like a laundromat. But back in the day and, and I'd be interested to hear from the chat. If you remember, if you grew up in the late 70s, early 80s, aside from pizza parlors uh, 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 and, and arcades, where did you guys see, or gals, where do you remember playing arcade games? But, but go ahead. You remember moon, your dad had a moon patrol. Well, no, he didn't have moon patrol. He, but this is what got me into it all. Peter. Yeah. He had Pac-Man. He had the, 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 the Pac-Man pushed up a wooden chair and I was three years old and he picked me up He gave me a quarter, popped it in. And then he started moving the sticks with me, teaching me how to play. And ever since then, I was I was hooked on video games, <laughs> literally hooked on video games. And going home, we had a ColecoVision, we had the Atari Twenty Six Hundred, yeah, but we had the Sears knockoff version. Yeah, well, the the Sears in television was really nice because it was like that kind of off white with the brown and it was really different i actually like that model i have them all here but uh, i like this year's model it was different yeah it was definitely different and so you had in television growing up then yeah yeah and how how old are you if you don't mind my asking um i was late probably 40s, early 40s mid 40s well yeah i'm 41 now yeah 41 okay. now okay yeah. Wow. That's amazing. That That's great. Um, 
Screw Watermark said, yes, Chuck E. Cheese. That's right. Chuck E. Yeah. Cheese and Showbiz Pizza Place were the other two big ones where my dad, we had a, we didn't have a Chuck E. Cheese near me. We had the ripoff, which was Showbiz Pizza Place. And, uh, and me, my dad, brother, and mom would go there at least once a week in the early 80s. Uh, for those of you who don't know this, some a little uh, uh, video game industry history. So the person who started Atari was Nolan Bushnell. And, um, and when he sold Atari to Warner Brothers in the early 80s, uh, right before the big crash, um, he started, he was the guy who started Chuck E. Cheese. So oh, wow. I did yeah, not know that. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that. When I was in high school, we used to go to the local 7-Eleven and play. 7-Eleven's had them? Gauntlet. Yeah, we used to have oh, them down Oh, wow. Huh, I don't, I, yeah, they didn't have, where did you grow up? What, what part of the U.S.? What state? Uh, when I was 13, I moved down to Florida. So, so I was in central Florida. Oh, uh, you know what? That makes on. a lot of sense because like Florida, because I remember when I was 12, my, our family went to Disney, uh, Disney World for the first time. And there's there was that it was every, like I remember going into a gas station, in fact, because because they, they want, you know, it was like, Florida, especially during that time. All of it, even Central Florida and, and Daytona and, and Fort Lauderdale, like it was a haven for spring break, for kids, for families. They had, I always remember Florida, always, when you, when you think of Florida in the late 70s, early and late 80s, it was all about like just fun. <laughs> you know and yeah. so that doesn't surprise me that a 7-eleven would have an arcade we would have that we would go to the uh putt putt courses and they would have their own little arcade off yes. to the side yes you that's know? right that's right the miniature golf courses and the batting cages too yes. some of the batting cages and even bowling alleys had arcade games back then. skating rinks oh yeah roller skating rinks yeah, yeah. everybody had the crush on the girls at the roller skating rink right it's like yeah. who are you gonna who are you gonna who are you gonna try to ask to skate with when the slow song starts? Brings back memories. Yeah, and the I mean, just from going to the arcades with my dad when I was younger, because my dad was really into video games too. Um, yeah, great. In in Brooklyn, he grew up when he grew up. It was pinball machines. He loved yeah. pinball, and that <laughs> led him to Pac Man, to Miss Pac Man, and he shared that right. kind of love with me. And I'll never forget the first time that he brought home the Nintendo Entertainment System for me. He actually, I don't know how, but he got it a little bit early. Um, wow. So I was like one of the first kids to have one. Then. Yep. Yeah. And uh, I remember he got me the Duck Hunt gun. And I just, I fell in love with video games ever since. So hearing about... Rob the Robot too? Yes, I did. Yep. Yeah. You know, you know, it's interesting about the pinball, which again, a lot of people may not know the history of, of pinball. So, uh, 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 so the Gottlieb family uh, is, I'm very f good friends with, uh, with the grandson, uh, Gottlieb. And he, uh, cause we worked together on some projects. He, cause he used to work at Bally Midway, which was down in uh, San Diego. And uh, we worked on the Spy Hunter project together, which is really cool. They like remade Spy Hunter for the PlayStation. Was it one or two? I forget now. But, um, but anyway, and he he has all these great stories of his grandfather, you know, creating the pinball machine. But what a lot of people don't realize, 
and this maybe you know goes says about our Italian heritage, but but a lot of Gottlieb and Bally Midway, they were all based out of Chicago, and um, and Chicago was a big you know kind of hub for the mafia, you know, back in the days, the Al Capone days, and all that stuff, and New York City being the other one, but uh, organized crime actually controlled pinball machines back then because they were illegal people don't remember this but like in the 20s and 30s pinball machines were deemed gambling illegal because you put money in and you could get a chance to win a free game or, or a free game. So they were trying to, so they were considered, especially during like prohibition era. And then as you probably know too, the organized crime also controlled like cigarette machines back yep. in the day. So the, so they were, so they controlled vending machines, arcade machines. Maybe that's why your dad had some and the pizza shop. There were a lot in the pizza parlors because Italians were, you never know. You should ask your, if you're, is your dad still alive? Unfortunately not. He, he passed oh. away. Oh, sorry to hear that. But uh, yeah, I, I wonder if uh, he knew a guy who knew a guy uh, who could get him yeah. a Pac-Man for his pizza joint. You know what I'm saying? He might have known. I don't know. His, uh, one of his good friends owned a warehouse full of arcade machines. One of his so, good friends. Good friends owned a whole warehouse <laughs> of arcade machines. So growing yeah, up, great. I got to play a whole bunch of different kinds because they'd rotate them out. You know, like every few that's weeks, great. it was like yeah. TMNT, The Simpsons. Um, things like that. And then, you know, one of his, I don't even know how he knew this guy. There was a guy from Massachusetts that came. Uh, he was Italian. He came to Pennsylvania. That's, that's where I come from, Massachusetts. That's where Is I was it? born and raised. Yeah. Um, well, he opened up a place at the time called Sportland, which was a massive, um, it was, he rented out a whole warehouse, like a huge, huge warehouse. But it was he just filled it up with arcade machines, like all kinds of arcade machines from different eras. And I remember when they first opened, my dad took me there right like when they were closing and a, a really beautiful girl came up to me and presented me with a bucket full of tokens, a thousand dollars worth of tokens and told me to have fun all night long. And wow. I was like, I was like, Dad, how did you pull this off? He's like, oh, he's a friend. He's a friend. Oh my God. That, that, I bet that, that, that memory is burned in your brain till the day you die. Right. Remember the elation and the endorphin hit that we would get when our parents would, you know, hand us a roll of quarters yep. and it was just like the greatest moment of your life at that moment. You're like, like you couldn't imagine anything more great than getting a full roll of quarters and walking into an arcade. Woo! Oh, it's so exciting. And my dad was but a nice... The, I was going to say, this is the, this is the type of feelings and memories that we want to bring back with Amico. That, this is the... And I feel like that is what's missing in the, the industry as a whole today. You know, I mean, you, you talk about like all the super casual games hyper casual and edutainment stuff all, everything everything's on this now right but the problem with this is that every it's solitary and a lot of the console games they're all solitary right 
People aren't in a room laughing and, and, and punching each other in the arm and, and giving each other, busting each other's balls or whatever, you know, like that we're seeing less and less of it, especially now with COVID even less. Right. And so that's the kind of feelings and memories that we want to not only bring back to folks like us, but introduce a whole new generation of people growing up to the things that that we loved and we cherished when we were younger. See, and this is something I can really see uh, being useful at my house because my daughter loves video games just as much as I do. I pass it on to her. So and how old is she? Uh, she's 18. 18? Wow, okay. And she loves video games just as much as me. So if I, let's say that I got the Amico, I'm sure that me and her would play it together. Um, right? So that's, that's something idea. that's very exciting for me because it, it would bring because, you know, when you know, when you're your kids get older, they kind of like start doing their own thing and go off their own right. ways. And they have she, different tastes, different tastes like me. My wife loves video games, but we never play a video game together because yep. what she's do, I'm not, you know, she's playing, you know, Pokemon Go or. Uh, and I, you know, and I'm on like, you know, formula one racing or whatever, you know? So it's like, it's, it's so night and day and there's, and we try, we, when we try to come together and play like, Hey Shannon, uh, you know, Hey, let's play. Like, like I try to get her into like a casual game, like on the switch and you say, Hey, let's play overcooked. Um, which is, you know, a nice couch co-op great, you know, uh, casual game. And, and she's like, uh, I don't want to, so, so you want me to play a game where I have to cook and clean? Like, like, <laughs> like, like I don't like to do that in real life. Why do I want to? And, and, and even like the timer counting down, like two minutes, go. Uh, uh, and it's all stress. And you, she's like, I just want to relax when I play a video game, you know? So it's like different people have different mindsets. And, and, and you start to understand now why mobile gaming and you know like a hardcore gamer can make fun of candy crush and angry birds all day long if they want but boy are they really missing out on what what appeals to certain people in certain demographics and why and that's what we've looked at and 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 created amico all of the things that i thought were broken in in gaming i wanted to fix and the output of that is in television, Amico. Um, you know, my daughter is seven years old. So this the, having the Amico for me, granted, I missed out on in television originally. Yeah. Friends had it. So I was able to kind of play, but they didn't really walk me through it. And they're like, OK, it's there. We're playing yeah. Nintendo. And, you know, and it's, it sucks for me because I missed out on that. You know, but this time I've, I've already pre-ordered it. I mean, your your enthusiasm and excitement and love for what you're doing with the Amico is infectious. So oh, I've already pre-ordered mine. And thank you. That's the plan is is to get my daughter invested into it. Also, I'm planning. Yeah, on if, buying any, if anyone's interested in in pre-ordering, um, you can pre-order the Galaxy Purple exclusively on GameStop right now. And that comes with a $25 uh, gift card as well, meaning uh, so when it comes out, you can purchase $25 more of games. Um, and, and, and to give you the pricing, so the, the base models, um, and again, it, you know, it's the very first 
it's or not the very first it's the first video game console in 30 years to come with two complete controllers in the in the, wow. in the base unit the last one was the Super Nintendo. The Super Nintendo came with two. And people I say, oh, what about the Switch? No, the Switch is one controller that you can split into two little ones. I'm talking about two complete separate controllers. And that, that tells you a lot about the game industry, right? Like 30, you know, 30 years have passed since, since a base unit has come with two controllers. Um, but... So the system comes, the base units are Glacier White and Graphite Black, comes with two controllers. And again, these are like $60, $70 alone, just for, you know, like a, like a, um, a, a Switch. Um, oh gosh, I just, the, the, I forgot the name of the, uh, the Switch controllers. Uh, Joy-Cons. The, 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 the Joy-Cons are $79 if you want to get an extra one, right? And, and we have more techno, way more technology in this than even a Joy-Con. So again, so you're getting two of these, ability to hook up to eight other devices, a total of eight devices hooked up for free. You get six complete games. They're not demos. They're not this and that. All games, $9.99 or less. And we're selling that for the same exact price as the Nintendo Wii was 15 years ago. And that only came with one controller and one game. So it's 249 initially, and that's the launch price. Now, I, I'm hoping as all game consoles do, we're hoping to get that down to 199, hopefully by the year 2022, right? So we're in, you know, it's launching in April of 2021. So I'm hoping to bring, get that even down even cheaper to 199. I think that's our magic price point where millions will fly off the shelf. But so it's 249 and, and you know, COVID had to come into play with that as well too. Cause we're not like Sony and Microsoft where we can lose money on the hardware and we're buying 10 million at a time, which drops the price of components and memory and, and everything like that, right? So you can kind of see where it makes sense, you know, with the two controllers and, and, and everything. So it's a really fair, and, and again, value. That's what we want. For 249, you can play eight player games uh, and, and you get six on board and all the games are 999 or less, no microtransactions, no loot boxes. If you wanted to play, let's just say a four player game on PlayStation 5, right? Let's say you wanted to play a co-op game or let's say PlayStation 4. Let's not even, let's be more fair. PlayStation 4, you know, three, 400 bucks, depending on which one you get. And then you have to buy three extra controllers, anywhere from 40 to $70 each, depending if you want the real one or a, or a knockoff. And then the games, yeah, and they have, they have 10, 15, $20 games on there, but most PlayStation games are 50, 60, 60 bucks. And so again, for a family of four who's just getting into the gaming for the first time, and then how many couch co-op games are available on PlayStation 4? And there, there are some, but again, take my, take my overcooked example, like on the Switch, what a hardcore gamer like us what we consider to be a casual game, like Overcooked, somebody who doesn't play video games or is a, more of a hyper-casual gamer does not consider Overcooked a casual game. <laughs> That's not a casual game to them, right? So how many hyper-casual games are on some of these systems? So, so that's the thing. Now, we also have a... Um, 
we have, like I said, the three different special editions and the special editions are more unique and the, the way we use them, the finishes are more costly and expensive and, and we're doing, you know, limited runs of those. So those are $279 for the, for the limited, uh, the special edition versions. And so, like I said, so the Galaxy Purple's on, but, but it comes with a $25 gift card on GameStop as well. Um, and they kind of included it in the price, but it, so they're selling it for $299, even though the manufacturer's suggested replace is $279, but you get a $25 card. So it's like it's $275. So it's actually less than if you were to normally buy it. Um, and we're, we're going to be available at Walmart. Best Buy. These are places we've announced already. Walmart, Best Buy, GameStop, Amazon, of course, in Canada, uh, places like EB Games, all over Europe in the biggest places from Argos in the UK uh, to Medium Market and Saturn all across Europe. We have the biggest electronics distributor in Europe, Koch uh, Media, which is distributing for us. And, and we have a lot more announcements uh, to come as well. But you can also get the, the vintage wood grain. We have a VIP edition of that where you get a $25 card and a lenticular running man card and some soundtracks some bonus material. So if you're interested in that, it's uh, fig.co. And just you'll see Amico right on the front page there, fig.co. And, and I just want to also say this, when you order it like direct and uh, on fig, it's a hundred dollar deposit. That's that's a hundred percent refundable at any time. So we wanted to do that for, um, especially like during COVID, right? So so if you decide today you want to put on pre-order and your situation changes or or at Christmas or whatever, if it changes next week, you just email us and boom. It, it goes right back into your PayPal account or credit card, whatever it is. So, so it's, you know, that's again, every aspect of what we're doing because we're not this big corporate conglomerate, like a Microsoft or a Sony or, you know, or a, like a, you know, $50 billion company like Nintendo, 40 billion, whatever, because we're a smaller organization, we can do all these kind of fun, cool things like that. And we don't have to, uh, you know, beholden to uh to the stock market or anything like that or quarterly earnings uh yes we have investors and we but but they understand how we're approaching all this and agree with us that boy we're they're coming at it from a completely different place and we just you know know that so many people are going to be uh attached to that and find that to be like wow they're doing it the right way you know yeah, I think that's a big deal when it comes to coming up with a like a new idea, but reinventing a brand. I think you're doing it perfectly well. I think that it's going to be Thank something you. that could be in many houses and it'll work with hardcores and it'll work with casuals because like you said, exactly. so many people play phone games these days, like it's a three billion market, right? So my wife, yeah. she's always like on Candy Crush or Evermarch or something. And there you go. I could give her like the Amico controller and it's like the size of a yeah. phone. And she's like, Oh, I could play this. This isn't complicated. You know, I give her and an X. And she'll be able to beat you in certain games. Yeah. Like everybody's on a level, just like a board game, right? Like, like 
gaming has become so sectionalized and difficult to get into and the rent like you can't sit your wife down for the first time and say here honey here's a playstation 4 controller let's play Fortnite." like that's not fun for her you know mm-hmm. to like get completely creamed for like three weeks you know it, it's like you know gaming has become so specific and so difficult sometimes what about just creating games where everybody has an equal chance you know yeah i think so, that's where you guys hit it like right on the head um real quick dreadpool before i get yeah, to you i'm sorry man um right. somebody in the chat had a question i don't remember who posted it because there's a lot of questions coming in um one of i and i'll introduce this question in a unique way actually i saw you with an amazing spider-man guitar on your page and that guitar looked awesome by the way that looked yeah, really that's a limited edition they only did 70 of those that looks kick-ass. That is awesome. It's a Gibson Les Paul special edition uh, signed by Stan Lee. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. And they go for like around $25,000 now. Damn. Yeah, if you can find one. It's it's hard to find one. Well, I have a um, Spider-Man room in my house as well. Do you? Yeah, a whole room. Yeah, I actually have every single Spider-Man comic book ever created uh starting with amazing fantasy 15 spider-man one in vf or near mint condition it's it's known to be one of the finest uh, spider-man comic book collections in the world so are yeah. you a, a comic fan in general or is it just like a, no. a super spider no no, fan? no 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 i yeah of course yes no i'm i'm a comic fan in general spider-man is my jam i mean um he's my favorite that comic is my favorite um but i also like I'm a Marvel guy mostly, uh, but I also like Top Cow and some of the indie stuff as well too. I never got into DC Comics, but I appreciate Batman and the Superman movies. Like I, I appreciate that and some of the graphic novels, but I never got into the DC Comics comic books. But I do appreciate and 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 like the characters. Um, just not as much as, as Marvel, but, but, uh, yeah, Daredevil, Captain America, um, even like a lot of the top cow stuff, danger girl, um, uh, Aspen, uh, you know, those, those kind of, uh, things. I got full runs of all of those uh, as well, too. All the daredevils, all the Captain Americas. Uh, I have the number ones of all the, all of the Marvels, uh, again, in near mint condition uh, from Fantastic Four, number one, Iron Man, number one, Hulk, number one, Submariner, number one, you name it. I, I, I have all the number ones, the significant number ones. Um, and yeah, it was just something that, um, that I, I just was always into as, as a kid. That was my, you know, that was my, uh, well, I'll, t- I'll tell you what the, my memory of, of, spider-man and why i think it made such a big impact on me so uh um, so the amazing spider-man was the first run he first appeared in amazing fantasy 15 uh, in 1962 august and then a few months later stan lee you know created amazing spider-man number one with steve ditko and then that was in, in 63 and by the time I was a kid in the mid seventies, um, Gwen Stacy died in amazing, uh, in, in, uh, the amazing Spider-Man issue 121. 
and then it carried over into 122, but it was at the end, the final panel of 121, at, which was in the, uh, again, which was in the, uh, you know, late 60s, early 70s. And so when I was a kid growing up in the mid 70s, they created this thing called Marvel Tales. And Marvel Tales was basically rehashing all of the amazing Spider-Man stories. So I bought Marvel Tales of issue 121, ASM 121, and no one in my life had passed away yet. I hadn't had a fish or cat or dog that died. My grandparents are still alive. My pa Everyone I knew was al alive. And again, when you're like six years old, if no one's died, and you don't watch those types of movies because back then, you know, you, you, we didn't have access to that stuff. You don't even know that death exists. And when I read that comic book and Gwen Stacy died, to me, it was the, I cried. It was the first person, like I went to my mom. I'm like, what, wh why, what do you mean she died? She's going to be back in the next issue, right? And my mom had to sit me down and explain like, no, people die and everybody dies and your mom me and your dad are going to die someday and your grandparents and you or yourself and what you know <laughs> you know and and it had such an emotional impact on me that 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 issue that i because i because because gwen stacy was my first crush right so that was that was the other thing i thought she was a real person and and um and so that i i think that that's why uh i have such a uh such a big thing for that, a connection to that. But yeah, but I'm a, but I'm a Marvel guy. And in fact, would, would you like to see, um, you know how, of course, in this, you know, COVID world, the zombie apocalypse, everybody has to wear masks now, you know, when you, you go out, would you like to see my mask? Oh, sure. I mean, if, if you're going to wear a mask, if they're going to force me to wear a mask, then this is how I roll. So he's going to be wearing a dreadful. Now shirt. this is a COVID mask. Oh, that is I awesome. Walk, that's the, you know, this is the way. And by the way, I'll go into grocery stores looking like this. I'll walk into a bank and they give you a really, really uh, crazy looks <laughs> when you walk into a bank looking like this, you know, all of a sudden the, the, the security guards are, are got their hands on their pistols, you know, but uh, anyway, hell, if you're going to have, <laughs> If you're going to wear a mask, you got to do the, and that's old school Spidey. That's, that's, that's John Romita senior Spidey from, from the early eighties. He's my favorite. Okay. Yeah. I, I really started understanding the comic artists when I was always in the comics, right? But I never really understood the, the artists or the writers or acknowledged them until Todd yeah. McFarlane did Spider-Man. That Todd is when McFarlane, I, yeah. That's when I started paying attention to like who was drawing what. And then after that, I, you know, I really appreciated image, but um, one of the questions in the chat actually alludes to, to comic books, Marvel DC. Will uh -huh. will we see any possible licensed games from Marvel DC on the Amico? For sure. We're, 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 we're looking at them. We're talking to Disney now um, and, and others. Uh, yeah. I think for sure. Eventually, it'll be on there. We don't have anything announced right now. You know, one of the things when you, when you, 
when you're talking to big companies. And by the way, some of the licenses we already have, I mentioned Major League Baseball, I mentioned Sesame Street, but another huge license is actually the biggest license for men around the world is actually Mattel Hot Wheels. Um, oh, wow. that's, that's one of the biggest licenses. Um, and, and for kids, it's even bigger than some of the Disney stuff. Yeah, it's the biggest toy license for men in the world. I believe that's what Mattel recently told us. Um, but anyway, because uh, yeah, how many of us have Hot Wheels on our desk, even when we were like grown men in our 40s and 50s? And I, I still buy Hot Wheels cars. Do you? I, I know I do. I you come on. I see your 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 pop thing. What are those called? Pop uh, Pop Funkos. Funko Pops. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Pop Funko. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, so uh, yeah, I, I what the hell was I talking about? I just forgot. I, I Hot Wheels cars. Hot Wheels. Yes. So so we have all these uh, great licenses already, but some of the big licenses. They want to, they, and I totally understand this hundred percent. They're like, Hey, we're, you know, you have zero installed base right now, right? You have literally zero installed base and you don't, you're not the name Nintendo, Sony, or Microsoft. So we're going to wait and we're going to see the system come out, see what kind of numbers it does. And if it, and if it's going reasonably well, then yes, we'll grant you, you know, the license and we can talk about that. And, and that's totally fair. That's a to totally fair and respectable thing. So there's some of those licenses, you know, like, like, the, like some of the Disney stuff, um, whether it's Indiana Jones or, well, uh, EA has a, uh, has a lockout on Star Wars, but, um, but, uh, but things like, you know, Disney's Frozen and some of their older things. The one we're going for first, though, is Tron, um, and and we're talking to them now about Tron, and so that might actually even happen next year. So yeah, we're we're excited about it, but you know we do have to prove ourselves. We are, even though the company uh, and the products and the name has been around over forty years uh, as a new system and a new platform. You know, we're we're the noobs, we're the new kids on the block. You know, fair enough. I like the challenge. I you like being the underdog. They don't see it coming. <laughs> yeah, you do have a big name. You got the Evil Knievel license. Evil Knievel. Thank you. I, that's another big one. I, I love Evil Knievel. And again, for folks who aren't old enough to remember, Evil Knievel was the number one selling toy in the late 70s and early 80s. And that was during a time when Kenner was selling Star Wars and Star Wars first came out. Evil Knievel beat out even the great Star Wars, which I'm sure we all all love. Um, and, and, and Evil Knievel is huge. And, and he represented, you know, being a, you know, just represented the, 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 you know, David versus Goliath. Right. You know, his whole thing was like, you know, no matter who you are or where you came from, you know, if you're willing to try and put it all on the line you know, you can succeed, right? That was his whole mantra. And, and I'm friends with his son. His oldest son is Kelly Knievel. Uh, he has a, a, a and his, his, his daredevil son that followed in his footsteps is Robbie Knievel as well. And so we're working with the Knievel family and we're creating this really amazing fun. It's one of my favorite games actually, 
on, on the system and we're adding multiplayer mode. There was a similar type of game that came out on mobile a couple years ago. And the developers of that game, Barnstorm, out of the UK, they were good friends of mine. And, and so I reached out to him and I'm like, man, I, I, I just loved your game. And it had like 4,000 downloads. Like, you know, like it was just because with mobile gaming, the ecosystem, it's so hard to make noise. And I, you feel bad for these indie developers who pour their life and soul and they're, you know, either like, you know, five people in a dorm room eating peanut butter and jelly for two years, saving money so they can do these or they're, you know, in, in the basement at home or whatever, like, you know, and they, they bootstrap everything or they, maybe they do a Kickstarter and Indiegogo. They do these great games and then no one sees them because there's so much junk and garbage. You know, the game industry is all about quantity nowadays, not quality, it seems, right? Did you know last year, there was just a report that came out last month, 2 million video games, not apps, video games came out last year on mobile across iOS and Android. That's 40 thousand games a week imagine the 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 poor indie developer uh not poor meaning wealth but well that too but i mean meaning like feel sorry for these people who, who had to spend all that time and they release their game and they're so proud of it and then forty thousand other games come out that week the same thing with steam not as bad but but you you put out a game on steam and the what's new list Within 45 minutes, boom, you're off the list. It's like, it's crazy, folks. Even Nintendo Switch. And again, I love Nintendo. I don't, I don't want to come across or seem like I'm trying to like crap on Sony or Microsoft or Nintendo when I say all this stuff. I'm not. I'm a huge fan of all those companies for different reasons as well, you know. Um, but man, you go in the eShop. And it's like, what a disaster, right? And, and people are having to give away their games for free or for one penny or whatever, 14 cents, in hopes that more, enough people will buy it so then it gets on the you know, most bought list or what's hot list so that they can start to charge 20 bucks for what they really wanna charge for it or whatever. Like this is a screwed up system, folks. It's a screwed up system when every single mobile game is now being designed around how can we suck as much money out of you as possible. And if you're rolling a dice and playing a dice game, if you're not paying, you're going to get crappier dice so that we want you to pay into that or you're going to get crappier cards because we want you to pay into what we're doing. It's happening. Make no mistake. It's exactly how they think and, and how it's being done. They literally have designers whose only goal it is, is to suck as much money. Where is that threshold of pain where we can take something away so that they'll want to continue playing? It's disgusting. It's sick. And, and what about games? How about you buy a video game and you have all the cars unlocked or the skins unlocked because you had to earn them as you're playing the game and they were they were gifts along the way as you unlock different levels. What's this garbage where you pay 60 bucks for a game? Oh, you want three more cars? That'll be 30 bucks, thank you. Oh, you want the special limited edition or the special edition of our game? Yeah, that's a hundred bucks. A hundred bucks, 
guys, I'm not exaggerating. You probably know. Like, what, what the hell is going on? Or how about the fact that a digital game is the same exact price as a physical version? Excuse me? Yeah. What? You know, you buy Zelda on the Switch and Zelda, whether it's digital or physical, it's the same price. But wait a second. You didn't have to manufacture it. You didn't have to distribute it because there's always third parties. You didn't have to send it out and mail it, right? I mean, uh, not mail it, uh, you know, uh, ship it, right? Because they go from one warehouse to the factory's warehouse to a, to a 3PL provider, which is a distributor, and then they get their cut, and then they distribute it to the stores or the store warehouse and then that warehouse. And so, so you don't have any of that cost distributing, manufacturing, you don't have that cost. Oh, and by the way, the, sh- the, the stores you know, are, are, are uh, making 40 to 50% more on the markup on those because they don't make a lot on the hardware. This is the, 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 the secret of the underbelly of the game industry. And so w- why would it be the same exact cost if you're digital? Because you don't, all you have to do is, okay, you pay pennies for the server, you know, but my gosh, you know, and so this is exactly in television. I'm, I'm so tired of all this garbage and where the game industry is headed. So, you know what? $9.99 or less, because we're going to pass all the savings on to the folks. And by the way, because our games aren't $300 million, you know, they're not $10 million games. We figure out what the budget is, couple hundred thousand dollars. Okay. What's our break even point? Good. Let's make a little bit of money and pass the savings on to the player. And the same with, with our physical media. You know what? Yeah, it's twice the price, $19.99 for physical media. How many physical medias can you get for $19.99 out there, right? For brand new games. And But that double cost, we're being honest. It's because we have to manufacture something. That's going to cost three, four bucks. Then you have to pay for the shipping and the storage of the warehousing. And then the, and then the stores are going to want their 40 to 50% markup. Boom. Something that costs $9.99. You can see how it's instantly 20 bucks. We're not making any more money on it, right? Yeah. We just want to put it out there and pass the savings on to the folks. So anyway, that's it. So unlike next generation, your games are not going up to 70 bucks. You, nope, you heard zero. about that, right? You heard about that? Oh yeah, the next gen games are 70 bucks. And by the way, that's for the that's for the baseline ones. You yeah. mean to tell me they're not going to do special editions and DLCs and all this crap? You watch, you're going to be paying 120 to 150 bucks for games this next generation. I guarantee it. Well, yeah. I'm glad you brought up special edition, right? Because let's go back to your consoles. Yeah. I know I've, I've seen you talk about it. There's probably a lot of listeners that have don't even understand the amount of work you put into the special edition consoles and the um, the, the paint that you had to put on there to make them look yeah. how they are. Can you re-explain it to to Yeah, audience? and it's and it, absolutely. And it's not even paint, actually. It's right. a special process that we developed, manufacturing process. By the way, for anyone interested, please, please, please check out after this is over or you can open another window, but check out our YouTube channel and subscribe to us. Just put it in television. You'll see a blue disc with the white running man, uh, a white running man inside, right? And and so do that. Look for the blue icon. And, and that 
we have a hardware design video that we just came out with uh, last weekend or two weekends ago now. Um, October 10th, we, we, it was launched. So yeah, it would have been two. Um, check out that hardware design video and you'll see why it's the shape it is and how we designed it. And in there, uh, and thanks for bringing this up, we, we talk about the, the design process. So I'll, I'll, I'll have a couple of them. Uh, again, these are, and pay no attention to the stuff on the outside. That's just placeholder plastic. Cause these are, these are gonna be like a, a metallic gold out, you know, the, the, the rim. And this is gonna be a, uh, like a metallic silver. And this is the face plate. See, I have the, I have the you know, I have the, the bottoms of it, uh, you know, are here. So the, the console, this, this is a console shell. It obviously doesn't have any of the stuff, but just to give you an idea of what it looks like um, all around uh, you know, the back and everything. And this lights up as well. And, and the vents are here. So it doesn't have any of the vents, but it's the faceplate. But, but what you'll notice on this, you know, and this is a, a gloss coat and, um, but that it, and this is like a mirror finish on the thing, but, but it's, it, this is baked into the plastic. So when the, when the injection, when the plastic is injecting itself into the molds, these actually get put on the bottom first and it slams the plastic and then it joins together in the plastic. So this is part of the plastic, but we can get these really amazing finishes. You can't really tell on the webcam, but this is like a really tight metallic purple and it kind of changes, uh, you know, colors or, or uh, it gives it a really nice uh, body, it, you know, in the light and the curves and everything. Um, and so, yeah, so that's a really kind of fun, special process. And then we also, we do the vents, the vent colors will match the colors of the, the outer and the, and, you know, you can see like, uh, and again, these are just shells, but, but, you know, the controllers are matching and the disc will be gold and the buttons are, are gold and everything. And, and, uh, yeah, it's really cool. And the, and the red one above me there too, looks really, really nice. It looks like a, like a sports car, but yeah, we put the extra time and the extra money into making these special editions greater and, and different and, and even more, I mean, the white and the black ones are cool to begin with, but, but we even put even extra love and care. And again, you know what? We pass all the savings on to the folks. Look, it costs us more money to manufacture, but we want to do this because it's cool. And we want this to be, you know, when, when you're, when you have a video game console, it kind of becomes the centerpiece of your entertainment system, right? Entertainment center, like it's in your living room or in your, you know, if you have a man cave or a woman cave or a, or a, 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 a movie room or whatever, boom, it's right there. It's the thing you walk over to every day and, and push on. Uh, so we want it to look, you know, really nice and unique. And we want people to be able to customize it. And uh, we have a lot of information coming out about that as well. We're customizing your controllers. Oh, that's new then. I didn't hear about that yeah. one. No, no, we haven't, we haven't really announced that. That's an exclusive right here. Well, thank you for that. Um, <laughs> Clowns, did you want to finish up or do you want me to finish the, the other message? Who's Crispy Bomb? I want to. I, I noticed Crispy Bomb came in. I haven't heard much from Crispy Bomb. What yeah, up? well, well, I was waiting for Clouds to be like, "Hey, you know, this guy showed up over here." Yeah, but, I was uh, gonna. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say some Crispy, but Crispy Bomb well, <laughs> is another member who's who's on our panel. that has been doing uh, interviews uh, with us as well. 
Um, so Crispy Bomb, this is Tommy. Do you have any questions, Crispy it's, Bomb? It's a, it's, it's a pleasure to meet you, Tommy. Uh, oh, definitely, you. Uh, I love your enthusiasm and how you, you know, you get into the community and you, you really get involved and, you know, you're trying to push a really what I consider an outstanding product. And uh, oh, I appreciate it. Actually, just off of what you just said, are you able to turn on the console with the controller? Uh, no. And I'll tell you why. And, and when I tell you, it'll, it'll make sense. So one of the things that we're doing, what's really unique, let me use, uh, actually, let me use, I'll use a black one. I haven't shown this one much. And th this is a, uh, this was one of our earlier dev kits. It, it's actually changed a little bit from here, but this is, but so one of the things we have, actually that one even doesn't have it, is uh, we have wireless contact charging. So, so that means, you know, now, not, not only do you have wireless contact charging, but it also has a USB-C on here as well. And this is just a, you know, this isn't a final version. Oh, actually, wait, I do have a, hold on. I should actually be using this one. This, this is actually a final dev kit. Um, and, and so, uh, but again, this isn't painted, you know, this doesn't have the silver metallic on it. Um, but you can see these are the final, uh, the final, you know, plastics and, you know, injected molded plastics and all that. And, and so what happens is when you put it into the base, boom, it automatically starts charging. And it's cool because there's LED lights. We have over six, well, not over, we have 64 LED lights uh, in the console, 12 on each controller. And and then 40 uh, in the console itself. Because um, there's there's some in the front and the side and the side. So even like using, and not only does it come in the, to certain gameplay elements or celebrations or things like that, um, but also even when you put it in, you can tell how much your controller is charged by looking at the disc colors you know, it goes from red to yellow to green, and you can see how much of it is is uh, is is being charged. And so that, but and the reason I mention USB C as well is because if you have multiple controllers, you could just plug them in. You know, using a wall, it'll come with a a, a colored cable uh, as well. But it's not a it's not a special cable. You don't have to buy an extra cable. You don't have to all this garbage that all the phone companies and other folks charge you for, right? It's so so a lot of people just have this already. But again, well, you're going to get a cable as well. But you just plug it in USB, and you can just plug it into the wall if you want. Uh, so if you have multiple controllers, the other cool thing is you'll notice on the back here. So it's very simple. You have the HDMI out, you have the power, you have uh, the uh, a USB-C for extensions and different things that we're going to be doing in the future and a micro SD card right there. So that means uh, that we have 32 gig inside hard drive uh solid state hard drive in here right and so that you might say well that doesn't really sound like much that actually stores between 40 to 50 of our games on here because again our games aren't call of duty they don't take 50 minutes to download and you don't have to do uh you know uh firmware updates every time you turn the machine on right so 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 
we have that, um, but you can expand it with just a micro SD and you can put whatever you want in there. So let's say you want to have a hundred games, you pop a 16 gig in there or a 32 or a 64 gig and boom, you can have our entire library on there. But you notice how it's not some special stuff that you have to buy and you can only get the hard drive from us or the no, we're, we're leaving it open, you know, um, you know, uh, to anyone. So, um, now I've been talking so much. I forgot what your question was. What was your original question? It was about, uh, <laughs> it was about, uh, you know, turning, turning it on with the controller. Oh uh, yes. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. I know I was going somewhere with the controller. Um, so, so because this is the base and so we encourage, you know, we encourage people, you know, to, to put them boom back in the base to charge. And so when you, all, you, 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 so we don't, I guess the, the idea is, is that we don't want controllers to be on the couch. And then, so you have to pick up the controller and then hit the on button in order to, to turn, uh, you know, to turn the machine on right away. Um, the, the other important thing to note though, is that it, we we're using an arm based processor. It's a Qualcomm Snapdragon chip, which is very widely known and wildly awesome. Um, and so just like your mobile device, right? When you first turn it on from a cold, you know, they call it a, a, a cold, uh, cold, a cold boot. boot, right? When you have an on and you have a cold boot, you know, it takes like what, 15 to 20 seconds or whatever, right? And once it's on, all you have to do is hit a button and it pops on, right? Yeah. And so that's how our system is the same way. The very first time you, sh you turn this on, you know, it takes, it's going to take 12, 15, 20 seconds, whatever it is. Um, it's like 20 right now, but we're, you know, we're getting that, we're, you know, trying to get that down um, even less, but that's only one time. The first time you turn it on after that, like your phone, it either just goes to sleep automatically if you're not playing it. Or if you want to just walk over to the button, or if you put the controllers into the console, because we always want to promote that, you know, because isn't it funny, like we, we did a lot of things with parents, where, you know, we were talking about controllers, and they say, um, they say, you know, and, the, and maybe you guys have, you know, you mentioned you had uh, kids, um, you know, how annoying is it when your PlayStation 4 controller it, it, you know, it, it, it runs out of juice because, or the Xbox controller with the batteries, cause you left it on the couch or you left it on the thing. Now imagine a kid is going to learn really quick. If I don't put this back the next time I want to play, my battery's going to be dead, but how easy is it to just go and place it on top of it? And, it, and, and the other thing too, that we're going to encourage is that we actually have and I can't get too much into detail because I want it to be a surprise when people first uh, turn it on. But we have really fun things that happen when you put the controller back on something with the screen and when you take it off as well, when you pick it up for the first time. So, so turning the console on and off remotely with a button, we, we don't really do because we want to promote just putting them back because when you pick it up, 
boom, the whole thing just pops on. We want to keep it as easy as possible. So can we, can we do, a, do away with having to always turn something on and always having to, you know, put a cord to something or let's just make it easy and make it automatic. So that's what we're going for. So it's there's awesome. a method to madness. <laughs> um, Lance Jennings in the chat asked, he said to ask Tommy about birthday and holiday celebrations for Amico. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I we have a video that I put out last week, uh, last weekend, um, or two weekends ago now, October. I think that one came out October 11th. Um, and we talked about our hello, uh, our holiday and celebrations uh, what we're doing with that. So, and this is, this comes standard on every console. And what happens is you can, you can launch this, I guess you call it an app because it's not really a game, but you launch this program. I just hate the word app. Um, um, but you launch the program. We'll go Tron old school greetings programs. Um, so you launch the program and it lists every single holiday in the entire world. Doesn't matter what your culture is, your religion is, the country you're in, whatever, it's gonna list them all. And they're all gonna be off. And you can decide to turn on whatever you wanna turn on. And, and by the way, you don't have to be of that religion to even, you know, somebody might wanna just see a holiday every single day of the year, because there pretty much is one, I think. Um, and so you decide which holidays you want to celebrate and you can even program them yourself like for certain like if you have birthdays in your family or you want to celebrate an anniversary or your uh, graduation or whatever so you can actually build your own holidays as well very simple to do and when you turn the console on on that day like let's say valentine's day february 14th on february if you checked that box you turn it on on February 14th and boom, something special is going to happen on that day. Very quick, very, you know, it's not a 30 minute cinematic, like, you know, the latest metal gear solid game or whatever. It's, it's a, uh, it's, it's just, and I love metal gear solid and Hideo Kojima is a friend, so I can say that, but, but the, the, uh, um, but, but the whole concept of celebrating things, right. And, learning about that holiday as well too right what a cool way to learn about different cultures and different you know we're a very inclusive uh inclusive you know ecosystem even to the point of like you know me and you are italian right yep you know a italian americans celebrate columbus day not because of the man columbus but because a, the the for those of you who don't who may not know this um, you know, the reason Italians were given that holiday was because in the 1800s, 11 Italian immigrants were massacred, murdered, and, and hung from the trees, um, you know, and in recognition of that great atrocity, the president of the United States at the time wanted to celebrate the Italian culture to give a holiday, just like, you know, Martin Luther King holiday, um, you know, but when you look at something like St. Patrick's Day, 
I, that's to celebrate the Irish and the Irish heritage and the Irish culture. It's not to celebrate St. Patrick's. And in this world we live in now, you know, people get very upset about the term Columbus Day. And I, and I understand and I, and I get it. And so certain people call, would like to, you know, call it or do call it Indigenous People Day because of, you know, the, the atrocities that, that Columbus did to Native uh, North Americans. Totally get it. So, um, but again, to, to kind of, and I want to get political, but, but to wrap it up, what people who aren't Italian Americans don't understand is to us, that holiday was given to our people because of the same thing that happened to the Indians happened to us as well and happened to all cultures, the Irish, uh, the Polish, whenever they first came to America and tried to integrate and assimilate, they were all, you know, it's almost like you have to go through this badge of honor to get, (laughs) I don't want to call it honor because that's the wrong word to use. It's not honorable at all, but, uh, but you know what I mean? It's like, you almost have to, you know, each, each thing had to go through that. And so that's our day. And and you ask any Italian American and they'll tell you that they don't celebrate Columbus on that day. And it was never for that. Columbus Day parades, Columbus Day, that was to celebrate all of the amazing things that our grandparents and parents had to go through when they came to this country, all of the, all of the bad things that happened, but all of the good things that they did and went through, and to celebrate our culture and the food and the celebration, just like, again, just like St. Patrick's Day is to celebrate the Irish culture. And, and a lot of people don't understand how hurtful it is to Italian Americans to say, we're getting rid of Columbus Day. Well, wait a second. We put in our thing. So I always say, look, rename the thing. Just rename it. Yeah. Call it Italian Heritage Day or call it Vespucci Day. You, you, know who, you know who found America, really? Because Columbus landed in North America, but he never landed in the United States. Never, never touched foot here. You know who did? Amerigo Vespucci, another yep. Italian. You know who, why it's called America after Amerigo Vespucci, after this Italian dude. So call the day Vespucci day and let's be done with it. And, but we need to have a day for indigenous people as well. That's the fair thing to do. And it should be a separate day for them to, to, to celebrate because I love the, the American Indian culture, right? Or I'll say indigenous because some people don't like that term, but, but indigenous people, I love that culture. You know, the beautiful art and the, and the imagery and the, uh, you know, and, and their, their animal spirit animals and so many cool stuff within that culture. Wouldn't it be great to celebrate that culture one day a year as well too. So anyway, but getting back to the Amico celebrations thing, the reason I said all that is because even we're, we're, we always want to be all inclusive, or in other words, we don't want to piss anyone off. Um, and so you go in there, and if you want to check Columbus Day because you're a proud Italian American, or if you want to check Indigenous Peoples Day on that same day, you can do that as well too. So we don't, you know, so so we have all that stuff. But the but the fun thing is, on your birthday, the person who first registers the machine, you put in your birthday. And every year on your birthday, when you turn the machine on, it does a big celebration and it shows a big cake and it says, 
congratulations or, or happy birthday, blow out the candles. And, and you'll see a little candle flickering on here. And remember, we have a speaker and a microphone. And so, and it just sits there. And when you blow out the candle, you'll see it flicker off on the screen and it flickers off on your main TV screen. And it gives you a free game every year on your birthday. Oh, wow. That is cool. These are the kinds of fun things because I always tell, and by the way, if you want to see a demo of this working again, go on the Intellivision YouTube page right now, or when, when, when this is over, go on to Intellivision page and watch the demo. Cause we show it in, in, in action. We show the controller and the candle lit and it goes, and my sister, her name was Karen and uh, she passed away. Unfortunately. I'm um, sorry. Uh, yeah. Uh, about 20 years ago. And, and part of the reason why I wanted to uh, come out with the console on 1010 was that was her birthday. And so, but because of COVID and everything, it, it really made that. So we had to delay the console from October 10th to, you know, to, to April, six months later, uh, because we didn't want to like release it at Christmas with the Xbox and the PlayStation. It's like, everybody's going to be hyped. They're going to suck all the air out of it. So it's like, you know what, you know, when video game systems, uh, or you know, when video, uh, when stores don't have anything to sell is in March and April, right? You know, that's when the switch came out in March. It's a very smart time to launch something because everybody tries to come out with stuff around Christmas and spills into January. So by like April, by early spring, nobody has anything to sell in the video game departments, right? So, so we're excited about that. Um, and we chose that date with our manufacturers, distributors, but most importantly, our retailers. So we picked the new date in April. But, um, but, and, but I always tell all of all, either, you know, all the folks who work with me uh, at Intellivision and everything, and we always say the same thing. I say, you know, we're, we're not going to beat Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo. We're not going to beat them with infrastructure. We're not going to beat them with marketing dollars. We're not going to beat them with technology. We're not, you know, I'm not sitting over here drinking my own Kool-Aid going, oh, we're going to take them out. No. But you know where we can compete with them and beat them is in ideas. That's something that we can do. And again, just like I just mentioned with that birthday celebration app, right? Or the birthday celebration. That's something that no one really has done, right? I mean, you know, similar things have been done, but, but something like that is, you know, these are the kinds of fun ideas. No microtransactions, what? No violent games, what? You know, and so even if people might not want an Intellivision Amico. Ah, it's not for them. And, and I would say to them, look, wait till it comes out and play it before you make a decision. But, you know, but there are, you know, a few certain handful of folks out there who love to hate us, you know, they, uh, and they, and they try to destroy us every time they can. And, and it's, it's rooted in, in jealousy, I think, you know, or whatever, but, but what I would say to folks is even if you don't like the idea and the concept of it, or you don't like the graphics of our games or whatever. And that's fine. I understand it. I respect it. Um, but at least root for us, you know, it's like, at least, you know, we're the underdog, you know, and, and if we can, when we successfully pull this off, we'll be a video game company 
that was started, who didn't start with billions of dollars from Microsoft or billions of dollars from Sony that does all these things. And even Nintendo, I mean, they were a, you know, trading card company for a hundred years, playing card company, right? But, a, you know, but a billion dollar company, you know, we, we would pull off what things like Ouya and 3DO weren't able to pull off, right? You know, so, so hopefully people will at least, we're like Rocky Balboa up in this bitch, you know, and, and, and we're, and we're going to just keep getting up off the ground. You hit us down, whatever. We're going to just keep getting up and coming at you. So, so, you know, we're, we're not going anywhere and hopefully people will, uh, will root for us if, if nothing else. Um, you got some other questions in the chat. Uh, one was, will the controllers accept USB-C charging? Say say one more time. Are the controllers will they accept uh, USB C charging? Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Hundred percent. That's what that is right there. Yep. Boom. Will they? Will they? When you buy will, an extra controller, you get a cord, a cable with it as well too. Will they work while charging? Yep. Absolutely. Yep. They charge slower. You know, which is I think with any device. You know, with any with any device, it's going to charge a little slower when it's being used because the screen will be on the blue. These connect Bluetooth to the system. So you don't have to do anything fancy or anything. It, it just, boom, it works. But for your mobile devices, those connect Wi-Fi. Cause we want to, you know, the, the, the Bluetooth is the quickest way to go. Well, the physical games come with a digital copy. That's one of well, the, the questions. Yeah, so so we haven't announced exactly what our physical media is, but I can kind of hint to it. You'll notice on the console, again, this is very unique. I don't think it's ever been done before, but if you see that logo right there, uh, I don't know if we can see it. Let me get really, no, it's not showing up. Crap. Uh, maybe we'll show up. Hold on. Hold on. See if it shows up on the, uh, it shows up on the wood grain. Yeah, there it is. It's all it's all muffed because this isn't the final uh, this isn't the final structure of it. But but that's the RFID logo there. So so what happens is um, so check this out. You guys are gonna love this. And again, here, this is the idea thing, right? So first of all, let me talk about the controllers and sharing games. So let's say that I I bought like twenty games on my Amico at my house, and I go over your house. And I bring my controller. Check this out. I, I dock my controller on your system. And now we can play all of my games on your system. How cool is that? Right? That is awesome. And, but with the RFID, that's going to be, uh, that's going to come into play into our physical media. So, our physical media can really be anything we want it to be, you know, similar like like an amiibo or uh, you know the Skylanders or whatever. But times ten. But also with physical media, you know what's annoying to me? Here's like a, here's a PS Vita game, right? And 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 every Switch game is like this, and every you know and and xbox and and uh playstation they're just old dvd boxes right that they've repackaged and you have the cheap plastic thing here and uh you know it's a thin piece of paper that goes behind the plastic 
how annoying is this? I mean, you know, it's like, okay, whatever. But remember the old days growing up and you had your boxes and you had like things in it. There was a manual or there was, uh, you know, different things, collectible things. And you see great companies like Limited Run Games, for example, that do all these special editions and collectors love it. And a lot of gamers and especially young kids, we're all collectors, you know. And so our physical media is going to, collectors are going to love us. I'll just say that the box, the packaging, everything about it is very unique, but being able to utilize RFID and the reason why that is, again, I haven't made some really important announcements, but the way that we can play and share games comes into, there's a reason for that that will make a lot of sense why our physical media so it's not like your traditional physical media like a cartridge there's not a cartridge slot in here but it's better than that because of what we're doing and some of the things we haven't announced uh just yet now people might say yeah but tommy you know if you have to like you know you put a game on a system but like i can't sell it on ebay if i get sick of it or i can't give it to my friend after oh well let's just say we got you covered. So I'll just say that. So, so you can unattach games from system to system and, and put them back into the physical media if you want. I'll, I'll leave it at that without giving away too much. But oh yeah, wow. so it's, yeah, it's a really cool, unique, never really been done before type of thing that we're doing. Yeah, you got my mind going with all that because I'm really into tech. So when it comes to stuff like that, you got me definitely interested in, in all that. Cause now it sounds, let's not go there until you actually announce it, but I think I know where you're going with. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, again, RFID, if you're familiar with yes. radio frequency identification and what we're able to do, but again, don't think Skylanders and, and Amiibo that's, that's, that's an action figure. We could do it in anything we want. Right. That's primitive. And we can package whatever we want into our packages. So again, the, you know, the, the outer packaging and everything, it's, there's some special stuff in there. That's awesome. Uh, screw watermarks ass. Any partnerships with limited run games? Wouldn't that be something? Um, nothing that we've announced yet, but uh, let's say uh, we're very familiar with the folks over there. And so, yeah, so we, we definitely wanted to have special editions of, so, so it's funny because our, our physical media is already unique, but why not make it even more limited and unique for, you know, with, 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 a, with a partner. And so, you know, that's all I'll say about that. Wink, wink. Well, <laughs> now that you, you, you said you could uh, put your games on your controller and take it to your friend's house. Now, what if my daughter, yeah is still at home, is she going to be able to she, play those games? She can't play that game that you're playing at that time. So okay. so let's say you have 20 games, and I come over to your house and I say, hey, have you played the new Night Stalker game yet? And you say, no, I don't. Oh, well, check it out. Boom, and now we're playing it on your system. She wouldn't be able to play Night Stalker at that exact same time. But if we stop playing Night Stalker, and we start playing something else, then she can play that. Okay. 
So you can't play the same, but by the way, just like you couldn't do that with Call of Duty either, right? If you had a physical version of Call of Duty and you went over your friend's house, right? You, you wouldn't be able, you know what I mean? Like, like there's only one physical copy of it and the controller kind of acts like that physical copy in a way okay. when you're bringing it, you know, when you, when you're, when you, you know, download it onto your friend's console and then the second I leave and it gets disconnected from your machine, you'll still see the game there on your hard drive, but you just won't be able to play it. So it's kind of almost like an incentive because look, if you like the game, and then this is the reason we're doing this. See, we're encouraging people to share. What video game companies done that? They're all so afraid that people are going to steal their stuff, right? And again, I understand it. Piracy's massive. It, 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 it's over 30% of lost, uh, you know, lost profit in the game industry. I get it. Um, but, you know, again, that's one of the advantages of having games that are $9.99 or less. You know, you go over to your house, hey, dude, you want this game? And it's like $6.99. And you had a lot of fun playing it. And then I leave and I boom, now you can no longer play it. But for $6.99, you can light it up again and play. You're going to do it, right? It's like, eh, it's like, a, you know, yeah, so that's, we, that's what we think, you know? Yeah, we do that now on Steam. You know, it's like, oh, it's, it's only five yeah. bucks. Let's, let's go ahead and do it. So, yeah, it, it makes a, a, a good premise to pass on the fun to your next friend that you visit right. and, and so forth. Yeah. Um, totally. Tommy, this actually gives me an idea. Uh, Doctor Blue, Doctor Blue in the chat says, "If physical will be like collectible figures, I'm down." So that has me thinking: Is there any mm -hmm. possibility in the future? Um, you know, depending on on what the uh, projection of the unit sold is, and etc. Of course. Um, mm -hmm. But any potential for like a special, let's say, limited edition. Uh, Miko figurine for a game with the RFID tag on it. Hell yes, Earthworm Jim. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, think about it. Think about the endless possibilities. But again, don't don't think figures. I mean, you know, we got the Mattel Hot Wheels license. Think of that for a sec. And 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 what if you could have like a special car and you tap it on the machine? And that car shows up in your game, you know, I mean, and that, you know, that's kind of like a, you know, what, what Amiibo and, and does, but, but again, it doesn't have to be an action figure. Maybe it's a comic book. Maybe it's a t-shirt. Who knows? It could be, it really could be anything, but our physical media as well, that we're going to be selling initially on the store shelves is very unique. It's our own thing. Okay. Yeah. I, I can't uh, wait. Yeah, I'm really excited we'll now. Be, we'll probably be showing it and announcing it uh, towards the end of the year. So again, make sure you, I, I, I give two things to folks. Please sign up to our mailing list uh, at intellivisionamico.com. Please, that, that's, if you want to help us out, sign up to our mailing list and then subscribe on our YouTube channel. On our YouTube channel, just look for Intellivision. It's the blue running man icon. You'll see it. And download the Amico uh, Club on your phone. Amico Club app, yeah. Play some Moon Patrol right now. It's super fun. Such Again, it kind of sucks on a phone because of the controllers. And that's the reason we put it on there. That's the point. It's like, imagine playing that game on your TV with a real controller 
and you can play co-op or against each other in verses. It's, it's, it's so cool. Yeah, I've downloaded it since the first time you mentioned it on one of the interviews with Next Level Gaming. So I've been playing it off and on. And I got to cool. tell you, I love it. I love the Next Level Gaming guys, Mike and that crew over there. Such great people, such positive folks. It's so nice to see, you know, and, and you guys are the same, you know, um, you know, just let's be positive about gaming in order to really be a true gamer you should like everything and not want anything to fail. Like you should want as much stuff to succeed as possible. You know, these folks that like draw the line in the sand and say, I hate you. And this is a scam. And it's like, you know, I mean, clearly there's some personality disorders, obviously, but you know, it's just that kind of mentality. It's, it's just so immature and so uh, tribal, you know, it's, 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 it's actually pretty disgusting. Especially when they can be anonymous and they yeah. don't have to, you know, any, any person who's in, look, you want to say something bad about me or, or Amico, at least have the nuts, the balls to say it to my face as a, as another person, like who you really are. Right. Anyone else, your opinion doesn't matter. You don't get a seat at the table and you're a coward. So there you go. <laughs> See, yeah, and the way we look at it is not game. Not every game is for everybody, you know. Yeah. And if it's a game that I don't like, you know what? Crispy might like it, or yeah, exactly. Carlos it's like music. Like it. It's like religion. It's like yeah. politics. Give it a break, you know. It's great. Yeah, and we're happy for for everybody to actually like a game because it helps the developers because they didn't make it for us. They made it for for the other people, and we're happy that they have a game that they can play and they could talk about just as well as we have our games we could play and talk about. Exactly. And some of these, you know, jackasses, uh, you know, uh, a few who, who shall remain nameless uh, to folks in particular, uh, who, who, whose only mission is to destroy our company, uh, you know, and, and the hundreds of people, the developers that we employ all over the world, you want to take foods off of their plates and you want to, you know, the 50 families, 60 families who work for in television directly. It, it, I mean, it literally it's thousands of people who are, who, and, and our only mission is to bring out something new and fun and unique and beautiful to the world, which mission is to bring people together whether you're a gamer or not, to bring them together to, to celebrate video games, no matter what your skill level. And if that's what you want to destroy, shame on you. Shame yeah, we don't you. acknowledge them. We, we grow our community as a family. We're all family yeah. members. Right? Uh, yeah, because I, I think to be a true gamer, you have to appreciate everything. Because if you can't appreciate, if you can't appreciate something, then you can't appreciate the fact that gaming has evolved. And it's only gotten better with evolution. And every person that oh, took yeah. a risk helped that evolution to the next step of gaming. Right. That's right. And, so, and how narcissistic is it, though, and egotistical for people to say, I don't like it. And again, that's fine. That that OK, great. You know, but to say I don't like it and neither should anyone else. Excuse me. You know, like, wow, that you, what, what kind of ego and narcissism is going on there, right? Mm -hmm. It's unbelievable. Crispy, did you have any questions? Because I know you didn't get a chance to talk much, and I feel kind of bad. 
Uh, just love, love the life lessons Tommy's giving us right now. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, we got into politics. We got into yeah. religion. What else? What, what else can we? Where are we not History supposed to? Lessons, talk about? you know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, so what would you say is the advantage of using controller compared to the phone? It's a that's a great question. So uh, and I'm glad you asked because you know so the tactileness of it, right? I mean, let's take a game like Pac-Man right pac-man is the, the 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 probably the easiest game up down left right that's all you need right now try playing pac-man on your mobile device it's an absolute friggin nightmare you know your your fingers right where the where you're supposed to be looking and, and the response is really crap and this and that but when you have so what we've done is that we've taken all the best parts of this you know, the color touchscreen, the accelerometer, the gyroscope, the speaker and the microphone, but we combined it with parts of, you know, the, the best parts of a, uh, but the most simplest parts of a, uh, of a tactile controller as well. So, you know, being able to push something down, uh, being able to, you know, pu easily push something because that's the thing, right? I mean, keep this in mind. You put a PlayStation 4 or an Xbox or a Switch controller in a non-gamer's hand. Like my mom, like she bought a Wii. My mom bought a Wii for Wii, Wii bowling, Wii sports. I'm sure everybody here who's listening to my voice now and you, you, you guys, you probably know somebody who was not a hardcore gamer, who didn't typically buy video game systems, but who bought a Wii, right? And that was simple and it was easy. You just go like this and you could bowl. It was, it was easy, right? You could give my mom a switch for free. You could give my dad an Xbox Series X for free. And they will not play it. They will not play it. They won't open it up. They won't. It's the, the controllers. And, and I know this, not like I'm just like talking out of my ass. It's because we have done years of market research and we see not only our own market research with families and non-gamers and, and casual gamers and hyper-casual gamers and mobile gamers and all sorts of walks of life, right? And little kids and, and, and senior citizens and grandparents. And you ask them, because remember what I said, there's 3 billion gamers who play video games every day on this, but only 200 million hardcore gamers. That's less than 7%. And you ask those, those 3 billion people, why don't you play? And you know what they say? The controller's too complicated. The games are too complex and hard for me to understand. They're too expensive. It's, it's very, it seems very solitary to me. Wait, you know, you have to buy all this extra stuff and I don't know what to buy. Wait a second. Those, those are the top... And for parents, the games are too violent. Um, yeah, I can set the parental controls, but my kids figure out a way around it or it's complicated to even set up that stuff. Um, I'm worried about toxic behavior online, on online gaming, blah, blah, blah. Every single thing that the 3 billion people don't like about console gaming, we fixed and it's our mission. And it's the, you know, it's the reason Amico exists, right? Um, and so 
So this as a controller is nice if you're like swiping or tapping a screen for a word game or whatever, but it sucks for an action game, right? And so that's that's the thing is we've we've taken the best of both worlds. Um, and if you ask, what's the advantage over a PlayStation, Xbox, and Switch controller? It is the the screen for information. I can have information that you can't, or you get some information. I get a little bit of information as well, and we have to talk about the information we have and communicate and figure it out together, right? These are some really cool things. So not only is it cool as a controller, the touchscreen, uh, but also just for information as well. Um, Good question. I got a question from Graphic God, who's also a fan of uh, NLG and Stinger as well. He asks, are there any plans for any micro games to play on the controller screen like the Dreamcast VMU? It's, I get that question so much. And it's funny because another question I get is, is there anything you had to cut out of Amico that you wanted to put in that didn't make it into the final system? And, and so this is the answer to both those questions. Um, so like I said, you know, our Snapdragon processor is in the console. It's in the base of the console. It's the heart of the heart of the machine. Right. Um, and so, but we also have to have CPUs in our controllers as well. Right. And so in order to keep everything at a reasonable price, cause that's important to us, you know, we had to use smaller processors that, you know, like this, this screen will get like 20 frames a second, which is cool. So, you know, if you're like rolling dice around or, or, you know, you, things like that, it's fine, but it really can't handle a, like a, a full game on the screen. If you ask me what I want to see in the next version of Amico, it'll be that because chip prices will be down and you'll be now that being said, so, so, so when you buy an Amico, you're buying three CPUs, three separate CPUs, credible. And one of them being a Snapdragon, Qualcomm. Um, and so, but that all being said, let's just say that I may or may not have some Easter eggs in this. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, wow. That sounds, that. that sounds really cool. I'm so when you do take it to your buddy's house, and, and you're in the car, not driving, I hope, um, that, that, you know, there'll be something for you to do. Okay, because I was going to follow up with, would there be something on the phone, on your cell phone, with the Amico Club like you have? There already is, right? So, right. yeah, you can download Amico Club right now, and you can, uh, and you can see the, uh, and you can play games. Yeah. And those are free, for free just to give you a little taste of the challenge and the fun that, that you'll be having. Um, something I really wanted to ask you as a, as a, as a big retro gamer myself, um, there's a lot of stuff that I appreciate in retro gaming from the arcade days, you know, all the way to Nintendo, uh, super Nintendo is one. I appreciate it. Like a lot of chiptune music. I love chiptune music, yeah. but I appreciate a lot of, um, like the arcade machines, you know, like like you said, Moon Patrol is one of those games, right? So, yeah. Are we gonna see? Are we gonna see uh, a lot of retro games like Moon Patrol on the Amico? Uh, for example, one that comes to mind that I used to play a lot uh, was Missile Defense. 
Missile Command? Yep. Missile Command. Yeah. So so Missile Command is on Amico. It'll be there on launch. It's an Atari, big Atari product. But now check this out. So you remember Missile Command when you were growing up. It had the ball, right? It had the you know, the 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 the, the roller ball, right? And you had your little you know, reticle on screen and wherever you rolled the ball, it, it went around and it was a single player game and it was fun. So I want you to check out our missile. I, I made a missile command video, a special video, which, and it was from almost a year ago. So it's the old graphics, but in our latest trailer that we released on 1010, we released a trailer that has 30 games on it and you'll see the updated missile command in there with the newer graphics and super smooth. But from a player's perspective, check this out. Missile Command you've never been able to do, and Centipede's another one, because that had the rollerball. You're never really able to do those on modern consoles. Why? Or, or any home console. Why? Because, well, I say, I, I'll say that with the exception being ColecoVision, because they actually had a rollerball for Coleco. But... Um, but the, on modern consoles, all those games suck because you can't move that reticle around the right way with like a D-pad, right? It just sucks. And the analog stick sucks too. Because remember, analog sticks are always trying to pull back to the center. They're always trying to spring back to the center. So, so trying to like set your bombs and missile command with an analog stick is absolute crap. But wait, we have this. So imagine in Missile Command, and I explain this and show this working in the video. Wherever your thumb goes on this, because this replicates, you know, the, it could replicate the, the TV screen. Wherever this goes, the reticle is traveling on the screen. It's actually better than a rollerball. And this directional pad now just became the biggest video game button in the history of, of the video game industry. And it's a directional button. Meaning, remember in Missile Command, you could fire from the left, the center, or the right. You had three buttons in Missile Command. Well, now you only have one. And if you want to fire from the right or the left, boom, you hit it on the left. You want to fire from the middle, boom, you hit it in the middle. You want to fire it from the right, boom, you hit it on the right. And if you just don't even want to have to think about it and you just want to fire whatever the closest one is, then just hit down, put down. So imagine playing Missile Command now where your thumb's moving all over the place and now you're clicking this as the button. So that's pretty cool. But wait, there's more. I'm the ShamWow guy now. Um, but wait, there's more. If you order now, no, um, how about this? Are you ready? Eight player co-op. <laughs> Imagine where everybody, everybody's controller lights up a different color. And so if I'm red, then I'm the red reticle on screen. If you're blue, you're the blue reticle. If Dreadpool is green, he's green. And so we can, we all see who's, who's who, but you're playing, you're playing with each other to, and so you'll see that in, in our demos, you'll see like four or five players going at once all, and that's our co-op mode. But 
we also have a versus mode as well, up to four players, where now you're not only are you collecting missiles and defending, but you're defending the missiles that everybody else who's against you, who's playing, are firing at you. So imagine the fun that this has. And this is typical Amico thought process here, right? Is that we took a, a, a fun, simple, easy to play game. We updated the graphics. We updated the audio. The audio sounds awesome. I know a thing or two. Um, but we update the audio. We updated the graphics. We added multiplayer. And in this case, co-op and a versus mode. Boom. It's freaking cool as hell. I can't wait for you to play it. I've oh, seen that the video awesome. and I can vouch for what he's saying. It's <laughs> amazing. It's just the 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 way that you guys presented it. Because I, I was trying to myself, it uh, the first time you talked about it, envision how do you do a player and then yeah. to see everybody wrapped around the screen and, and seeing how, how you've segregated everybody in their own little zones. And, and fighting together. It, it was really cool how, how it all came about versus it's really neat said single player, you know, one person at the bottom and that's it, you know, incorporating everybody, eight, all eight players to play together and work as a team is really cool. Um, what was I going to say? Oh yeah. Uh, Tommy, one of the uh, other guys on the panel, um, Flamish, he's from Belgium. So okay. I know you mentioned media market, and I think that mm -hmm. is a distributor in Belgium. Huge. Yep. Will the Amico be distributed in Belgium? Um, I, that is a question for my VP of sales. I don't know the answer to that off okay. the top of my head. Because, uh, uh, well, let me ask you this. Let me hold on. Let me check on a map. Hold on one sec. I, yes, I believe it is. I, I'm not 100%. I'm like 80% sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm, pre I'm pretty, pretty sure. I don't know why it wouldn't be. So yeah. is the Amico going to be a, for those areas, is it going to be universally on the same day? Or are you doing it? Yeah, in we're, that's what we're trying. Yep. Okay. Yep. That's, that's the, that's the, I can tell you it's definitely going to be U.S., Canada, Germany, France, Italy, uh, Spain, the UK. Um, like I know those are the, where the majority of the orders are right now. Um, and I'm sure it'll be in the other ones as well too. Yeah. Okay. Crispy, any questions? Uh, yeah, I got one more. You may, may may or may not have touched on it. Of course, I was a half hour late. My fault. But uh, yeah, do you have any plans or is there like an achievement style system, anything like that? Yeah, for sure. Not only do we have achievements, uh, Crispy Bomb, uh, but we also have leaderboards, online leaderboards as well. And let me explain how cool these things are. So one of the things that bothers me about leaderboards is 
And, and the reason I bring up leaderboards is because the achievement and the leaderboards kind of tie into each other. Um, one of the things that bugs me about leaderboards, is like you, you play like your best game, right? You're like, man, I just got like my highest score ever. And then it's like, you are 35,486. Like, it's like that it, it's depressing. Leaderboards are freaking depressing. Right. And so, but what we did is I created something called the time and space leaderboards. What that means is you can have, you, you, you'll be able to, um, shuffle, uh, the leaderboards or sort, sorry, sort is probably the better word. You, you can sort the leaderboards by state country and world. And that's, that's the, the space element of it. And the time element is, you know, like this week, this month, this year of all time. So all those different combinations. So I might say, let me see. Wow. I really, I got a really big score in Astro smash. Let me see where my score is in the world of all time. Oh crap. I'm 35,486. Eh. Let's see where I am in the United States this week. Oh, wow. I'm 15th. You know, w- w- where am I in my state this week? Holy crap. I'm number two. You know, so, so these are really cool. Now think of this though. What if, and again, this is, this is back to the old days. What if, if you were to earn the high score in Astro Smash in the state of Florida for the week of what the hell is it? What's it? The week of October, whatever the hell we're in October 23rd or is the week started on the 20, 21st, right? Or the, the 19th for the week of October 19th in the state of Florida, crispy bomb has the number one score in Astro Smash. How's this for cool? Because the, the thing that sucks about achievements is everybody has the same achievements, right? You killed a thousand people in God of War. Yeah, me and a million other people. So what? You know, it's like, bang, here's your token. Uh, it means nothing, really. But what if I were, what if your achievement, you were the only person in the world that had that achievement? So at the end of the week, it emails you a certificate that you can print out that says crispy bomb Astro smash champion for the week of October 18th in the state of Florida. That is cool. That is awesome. Your achievement. That's your achievement that stays with you forever. That is something to brag about. Not like, Oh, I killed a thousand people and got a war like everybody else did. And you can do it for the month and the week and the year and you can do it for your state, your country. Imagine all of the things. Now leaderboards are fun. Now they're freaking fun. Now you're paying attention and they, they, they go into achievements. But to answer even a little more deeply to your achievement question, also within games, yes, we have achievements that you can unlock other 
like I, I think of our battle tanks game as an example, you're able to unlock different weapons, you're able to unlock different skins, different types of tanks, different environments, different, you know, all these different things. So, uh, and you, you never have to pay for any of our cheap unlockables, any of this crap, like these loot boxes and all this DLC garbage. Um, you know, we're not, we're not charging people for that it ties into our achievement system as well. Awesome. Yeah. Yet that is another true. unique idea, right? Again, we can't beat them with, with dollars and cents and marketing budgets and infrastructure and technology, but, but we can beat them and compete with them in ideas. That's just yet another one. Um, do I pull any more questions? You still there, Dreadpool, or is your mic muted? Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm muted. No, you speak uh, Yes, I am. <laughs> Tommy always talks so much, and he fills us with so much information <laughs> that uh, you know it, it's 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 always great to see finally that uh, there was something for the first time that we actually got information here. So you know, I appreciate that. I, I just don't have any more questions. I, I now I'm going to have to repeat it all two and a half hours of it for daily gaming bites who just showed up no <laughs> no no he, he wrote he's name. gonna have to rewatch the stream yes he's well he he rode his bike on his way home from work listening uh he's part of the panel as well so um there you go but there is a question in the chat from screw watermarks again he said I remember on Atari Age that someone asked about seeing Crossneck on the Amico, and I think Thomas yeah. said he would look into it. I just want to know, yeah. has anything come from that? Yeah, I think we're we're talking to those folks. Yeah. Yeah, we're 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 that'd be cool. I like that one. That's cool. Yeah. Thank you. Yep. Um Flamish, did you have any questions? Uh by the way, Tommy, that his nickname is Flamish because I can't pronounce his Belgium name of Gregory Goyverts, I can't pronounce it. Okay, there you go. Did he was he the guy who asked about Belgium? Yes, I'm, yes. I'm the guy. <laughs> okay, you know what people don't know? Can I just say because I've been to Belgium with my video games live tour? I've toured all over the world. And uh, uh, was it An Antwerp? Is that how it's pronounced? In yeah, Antwerp. Yeah, Antwerp. Yeah. What people don't realize, and and, and I'm going to call out. I'm going to give props to the Belgian people right now because the French people think that either Americans or the French are responsible for French fries and the best French fries. People, right? See how excited that man just got? Gregory just got excited. Can I tell the folks of the world, anyone listening to my voice right now, the Belgians, they didn't just bring us the waffles, my friends. No. The Belgian chips, French fries, you will never get. And this is coming from an Italian, and I know my food. You will never get a better French fry than in Belgium. Gregory, am I lying? No, and I actually, um, I already told clowns that one time, and he was like, <laughs> Yeah, and then well, Belgium. What do Belgian people know about French fries? <laughs> the French stole that crap from you guys. Yeah. It's wrong. People should know it. The Belgians are the ones. He also no. says the Belgians have the best candy. 
No, the best chocolate in the world. The best chocolate. See, the Swiss. Now, see, here you go again. Belgian chocolate. And I, Gregory, I'm going to agree with you again. Belgian chocolates. And it's a certain style of chocolate. Let's, let's, you know, it's a certain, it's, it's definitely a, you know, but Belgian chocolate is un, chocolate, waffles, uh, uh, gosh, I mean, uh, and, and french fry and i i call them belgian fries you guys it's not fair to call them french fries yeah. and but and by the way the french don't even want them they're just like hey don't well you know french fries it's uh, that's greasy you know that's you know they're very food purist and the last thing on a french person's plate is going to be a french fry trust me um and 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 again i love french food too but but uh <laughs> but yeah the belgian chocolate that's the belt well see and this is why I say it, there's a little thing I want to say here. Chocolate bars, like bars of chocolate, I think are actually, I, I prefer Swiss chocolate for bars and even in the UK, like Cadbury's and stuff, but it's the truffle. The truffle, ah, the truffle. is, is what the, no one in the world can do a truffle, a Belgian truffle, you know, the things that have stuff in them. No one does it better than the Belgians, and people don't even realize that. Yeah. I, I think I'll show that this week on my stream so they know what it is about. Uh, so I'll give them a little bit of a lecture of it. No, um, I actually, first of all, I didn't know what the Miko was. I, um, I watched like one video of it. I'm like, uh, this sounds weird. Like, it's weird. Yeah, fair enough. It's, it's something I don't know because I'm of a younger generation. I'm only sure. um, 29 at the moment. And right. I was running home to actually talk to you about this because um, you actually sold me on it. I'm going to buy the thing because it's indeed something that's uh, very re reminiscent of the earlier days. And I experienced yeah. these earlier days because how right. gaming is evolving at this moment is in getting it to worse place. We're always seeing it going downhill every year after year. It's getting worse and worse. And I have a girlfriend whom always uh, one year uh, we're together. And she likes games, but she's a gamer like in the very uh, hyper casual, like you said. Hyper casual, like my wife saying. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to get her into better games, like uh, the story-based games and the games I play. But she doesn't want to go there. She she no. doesn't like them. And I'm like, this is the device. I can actually play with her, have fun. And this is what it's about. And you actually sold me on it while talking with the other guys. I was listening the whole time while working oh, driving you. my bus. So um yeah, and that's and that was the goal, Gregory. That was my goal. That's why I created Amico with the super talented team around me. One person can't create a, create a machine, but the idea and the concept about it, that was my initial goal. I wanted, because there was no games I could play with my wife. I can't play video games with my dad anymore or my mom. And I would cherish those moments, right? Those are some of my best childhood memories was playing games with my family and friends. And I just look around and it's so segmented now. And, and you're absolutely right. And, and, and I don't know, I'm, I'm going to say something that might be a little controversial right now. And um, everyone's like, oh, here it comes. No, um, but, and maybe some people will agree and, and others may not. And if you don't agree with me, 
I totally understand and, re and respect that. But this is just my own thoughts. And I'm curious to know if people in the chat and you guys as well feel the same way or I'm, maybe I'm just crazy. I felt like this new generation that's happening right now, the PlayStation 5 and the Series S and the Series X, I find myself not as excited about the new consoles coming out as I have been about new consoles coming out in previous generations. For some reason, I'm just not, and maybe it's because I look at the games and I'm like, yeah, those look a little bit better. Like, I mean, they look awesome, you know, but like a little bit, like, like I'm still playing my PlayStation 4 and enjoying it. And, and for the first time in like 30 years, I haven't pre-ordered a PlayStation 5 or, or a Series X. And, and again, it's not because I'm not like that I don't want one. I'm sure I'll eventually get one, but I'm just like, I don't know. I'm a little like meh on the new consoles i'm usually not like that so my question to everybody in the chat and everybody and and to you gregory and cd and dead dreadpool and crispy bomb is that just me or do you guys feel like a little less because gregory you mentioned it you're kind of like yeah it seems like every year it's going down and down to me it's gotten down to where it's like i'm not even i'm not going to be standing in line at midnight day one waiting for the next thing i'll just oh, i'll wait till next year I don't know. Maybe it's me. What do you guys think? I think it's a combination. It's, it's a little bit of both. Uh, you know, me, myself, as admitted tech junkie, you know, mm -hmm. with the new tech that's coming out, I am excited for that part of it. But like you said, some of the games, like the innovation is not there as much as we want it to be. You know, I'm looking like an Assassin's Creed and I want them to have 16 player uh, Viking raids, but yet it's still a single player game. You know, you have stuff like this where you have eight players all on one screen where we can elbow each other trying to trying to get the advantage, you know, and then you've already built in some of the advantages in the game. So even though you're theoretically in last place, you can get that bonus that'll push you right back up and, right. and be competitive and actually possibly win, you know, so it gives you that, that the, the, the opportunity to do that it, we're getting to the point where we're starting to see diminishing returns when that, it comes right, to graphics right. yeah how so photo that's... once it's photorealistic you, you know what was interesting to me is that when i when i saw when i saw the unreal 5 engine demo that blew me away that was like holy crap and and I and they re, I think they made a mistake because they released that first before showing any PlayStation Five games, right? And so I was in my mind that's what I now expect. If all of the games were like that, I'd be like, wow, like off my chair. But and and you know what? Those games will eventually come, right? It's like every generation. The yeah. first generation came coming out then a year later they all start to look better by year three year four the developers really know how to unlock the power and they're doing like mind-blowing stuff so i get it that's that's how the cycle goes but for the first generation stuff now it's just i don't know i'm not there's nothing that i'm like i have to play that i have so many and there's so much content these days too right i mean i got again i don't know if people in the chat if you are let me know or, or folks here um 
like I have so many games in shrink wrap that I haven't even gotten to yet. It's like, you know, it's like there's so much content and it's all starting to like be the same to me. I, I don't know. What, what do you think, Gregory? I mean, you, you brought it up initially to me. Yeah. So first of all, I'm excited for new consoles because um, the the power difference, right? It's still more yeah. powerful. You're going to have your six teraflops. Yeah. It's not really about the teraflops. For me <laughs> Just 60 frames. I want 60 frames games. They make it smoother. There's not so yeah. much stuttering. Uh, makes the screen like better overall. The colors, like the HDR mm -hmm. stuff that's also implemented. That's also good. Um, and then the ray tracing that's new, of course, that's right, coming right. with the Unreal Engine 5, like next year and stuff. Uh, it's going to be released, like all those new games. Mm -hmm. uh, but overall, I think it's less exciting because indeed, like Dread Pulse say, um, it's like, um, it's not really a new generation. It's more like a leap in um, graphics and power. It's not right. really like an entirely new generation. It's not like when you got back, in, into um, time and you got the 2D to 3D graphics, that's something new. But what we now have, we have the photorealistic games like PlayStation 4, those games look amazing already. Like, right. yeah. Um, yeah, like uh, Russian Clank, uh, you, um, th there's even more, like uh, cannot rename them on top of my head at the moment. Yeah, yeah. But they already look amazing. And we're, we're getting to this point indeed that it's yeah it's, it's just like the, this just the ceiling we're at the ceiling a little bit we uh, and throwing more power at it, at it it's not going to solve the problem of getting it better you know, you know what it, i think it is for me too it's like the innovation i feel is like hit a hit a wall because like that those controllers are all the same really little little upgrades but but they're the same controllers for the last 25 years nintendo on the other hand you got to tip your hat to them because they're always trying to innovate from the wii to the wii u to the you know the freaking uh, uh the switch and it's all innovation and they roll the dice and and you know and they and they mostly pull it off i mean they didn't with the wii u but that's okay but you, you're you know babe ruth didn't hit a home run every time he came up to plate um, so, so, but that's, I think that's the thing with the Xbox and, and, and PlayStation is that the controllers, like I look at it and it's like, okay, here's another first person shooter. Here's another platform game. Here's where I feel like all the innovation in game design is happening actually with the indie developers on mobile or on, you know, Steam, but even Steam, you're limited to what the controller is, you know, like what limited to keyboard, mouse, or to, uh, you know, hooking up an Xbox controller to your PC. And, and so that's the really kind of interesting thing I think about Amico is that we're coming at this from a whole new angle, like typically, like Nintendo typically does, which is here's something completely different. And, uh, and innovative and that's so i think that's part of why i'm a little you know lukewarm on the next gen because it's like it's the same controller and the same style of game so far i don't know um one thing i wanted to say is that tommy you probably you probably definitely did not hear the story unless stinger told you but i'm gonna tell you this at least i know if i pre-order the amico through gamestop I won't have a little baby stealing my spot because I tried to pre-order the Xbox Series X 
And yeah. uh, apparently a baby, a six-month-old baby in a little Goo Goo Gaga, whatever you call it, car seat, apparently can hold a spot for an adult. So uh, that was the last Series X that was sold to the baby. Really? Yeah. yeah. The parent just left the baby that. in line. Yeah. So at least with the Amico, oh, I can go on there, pre-order it, and I will get it. Um, and You're I, going to get it. Yep, yeah, I'm going to get it. I posted the link. In the chat as well for everybody else, but I uh, I like that I like that purple edition, it, the Galaxy Purple cool. edition. It looks yeah, really, it's really, really cool. I mean, it's really unique. Uh, shout out to JB Feelings, by the way, in in the chat because he's been uh, or her, I I'm not sure, uh, but uh, they've been uh, uh, agreeing with me about about the next gen stuff, and I've been reading everybody's. Uh, I've been reading everybody's comments. I, uh, you know, been trying to. So, uh, yeah, him, cool. Um, so, yeah, JB Feelings, appreciate the, uh, the the chat and all the stuff that you've been saying. It's really cool. Um, Tommy, I feel bad because we kept you on for two and a half hours already, and I'm not. I know sure. I got to get going. I got I got a meeting coming up here. I got to jump, but that's what I uh, figured. No, it was it was absolutely fantastic uh, meeting you all. Uh, even uh, Gregory, I'm glad we had a chance to, to connect too uh, at the end here. Crispy Bomb, thank you for the, for the great, uh, well thought out questions. Uh, and Dreadpool, and uh, yeah, uh, CD, uh, I mean, thanks for, for, you know, having you guys reach out and, and arranging this. And uh, I really appreciate the opportunity uh, to speak to, your folks and your subscribers and your followers and uh thank you so much and like i said t uh, like tell everybody please go to intellivisionamico.com do it right now uh intellivisionamico.com sign up to our mailing list and go to our uh youtube channel right now um and and and, and subscribe that really does help us out it helps us out because we got you know again we're the underdog we got to get our numbers up and we don't have 20 million dollars of marketing this week to uh to, to advertise during the super bowl or whatever you know so uh so help us out by just spreading the word and uh the amico club app as well if you want to have some fun with our moon patrol demo and if you want to see me uh pwn haters uh on twitter then uh it's just at tommy tellerico is my uh here i'll put it in the uh the <laughs> I'll, I'll put it in the uh, the chat. I'm on Facebook as well too a lot, but um, oh, I'll actually do it for you. So there you go at Tommy Tellerico. It's just all one word, um, and yeah, you know, like to uh, I like to mix it up with with folks who are nasty to me. So uh, <laughs> I don't know why it just seems it seems illogical. I mean, you're on your own island. You're doing something. I know, right? And and it just. It's illogical. I mean, we saw the success of the Wii back in the day. You know, yeah. I call it back in the day. It was like, what? Yeah, yeah. It's for, ago, it was 15 but, years ago. The Wii was yeah, 15 yeah. years ago. It doesn't it, seem It's just long. crazy. But, you know, you, you're doing your own thing. And uh, I could see you're going for a hyper cash. Yeah, exactly. We're not, we're not trying to. We're not trying to convince people to buy this instead of a PlayStation 5. You know, it's like, you know, gamers are going to. But I, again, I think this might be gamers second or third machine that they that they bring out when, uh, you know, when, when their non gaming friends come over. But 
for for families and non-gamers like the Wii was, this will be their main gaming system. And, and that's what we're doing. We're, we're reaching out to, you know, religious organizations, Christ, Christian communities, the Mormon community, the Muslim community. We're reaching out to Latinos and African-Americans. We're reaching out to seniors, you know, senior citizens and grandparents. We're reaching out to, you know, middle America moms with young kids. These are the folks that feel like, gaming isn't for them like because gaming ignores them for the most part right and 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 they don't they they feel again this isn't my opinion it's just the data you know they don't feel like video games are targeted to them except for a couple of dopey games on on their mobile which try to suck as much money out of them as possible and give them ads up the ass right and so that's what we're doing. We want to appeal to those people. We want to say, hey, you know what? You're important too. And 3 billion of you are playing this. So we know you're there. And But we're going to pay attention to you and create stuff for you that you can play with everybody else too. So, you know, again, it's the inclusiveness that, that we're really trying to drive home. And that's why our motto is in television, together again. It's a crappy motto during COVID, let me tell you, but that's okay. We're sticking with it. We're going to stick through this thing. We're all going to get through it together, but together again, we just think it's a really great message for gaming, the, the gaming community and the world in general. Is Absolutely. the Asian market, market going to uh, see the Amico? Um, not initially, times. not initially. We, we eventually want to get it over there. Obviously, Japan is a very important video game market. They're actually uh, uh, fourth. They, they, so a lot of people don't know this, but the number one place for, for consoles and video games uh, is United States is one. China's number two. Germany is number three. And the, Germany and Japan kind of go back and forth depending on the year or whatever. And even China and the U.S. go back and forth for one and two. Um, and, or in the U.K. is after that. And then you get into like Australia and stuff. But, um, but yeah, so, so and Germany is a very important uh, a, a place for us. So eventually we've got to get to Japan, but you have to do it right. I mean, just ask Microsoft, <laughs> how's that working out for them? You know, like, like they've been trying to get into the Japanese market for 20 years and they have all the money in the world and they can't do it. Right. And, and I know why I know why, and they know why, and, and we're going to take a different approach than what they took, you know? Um, and, it, and I mean, I can get into it a little bit because it's very interesting and this comes from the people who launched the Xbox in Japan. So it's not my opinion. It's, you know, it's their theory and opinion and, and why they're there. When they launched the Xbox in Japan, they tried to take something that was American built, you know, Halo, first person shooters. Those aren't popular in, in Japan, right? But they tried to take something that was American and built in an American name. Sorry, let me turn that off. And they tried to make it Japanese. So it's like, hey, here's a Halo game, but we're gonna like change it around and we're gonna use 
Japanese fonts and we're gonna call it something different and we're gonna use different colors. And they really kind of tried to, uh, you know, uh, Easternize, I guess that's, I'm trying to think of a term. Um, you know, they tried to make it something that it wasn't intended to be initially, right? To cater to a different culture. And, and that was something that was really that, that, that the folks who launched it there, and I know them, uh, said that was our biggest mistake is that we tried to portray it as something that was Japanese when in fact, American culture in Japan, Japanese people think America stuff is cool rock and roll and, and, you know, American fonts. Like you, you, you go to Japan and you'll see like English writing on kids t-shirts and, and stuff like that. And likewise for people living in North America in Europe, we think Japanese stuff is really cool. Right. So it's like, you know, whatever side of the pond you're on, it's always like the other side is, is so cool because you're not used to it and you're not privy to it all the time. And you're not, you know, and so, and so that's one of the things that we that we would learn from that and say, you know what, when we when it's our right time to go in Japan and we don't want to screw it up, we're going to go in there loud and proud. You, you know, here we are. We're from the United States. We're from we're Americans and we do things differently. And here it is, you know, and, and, and love it or hate it, but this is our proposition. And we feel in the, in the, in the tests that we've done so far, it's a hell of a proposition. Like people over there are really liking it because it's so different, but mostly because it reminds them of the way Nintendo used to be and Sega used to be and the stuff that they loved about those. And, you know, so, so yeah, the simple, they, they don't mind if the graphics are more simple, they don't like photorealistic, you know, I don't want to say I, that's a general statement. I don't mean to say it like that, but, but they prefer cartoon graphics over super photorealistic, right? You know, you look at a game like Katamari Damacy, which is like this wacky fun adventure. And yeah, they have games like Metal Gear Solid, which are popular and, and you know, and, and games like Silent Hill, they're made over there, but they're not as popular as they are over here. First person shooters aren't as popular as, as they are over here. So, you know, they, you know, so yeah. And so we think that our, even our library is more apt uh, and, and adaptable to things that are popular over there already so so uh yeah we'll, we'll get there eventually but it's just that's kind of a little kind of you know call it a backroom baseball if you will a little, little bit of how the sausage is made in the video game industry uh in regards to japan and different cultures and by the way china is completely different from them and india is different from all of them and we're launching in the middle east as well right that's why we have an office in dubai in the United Arab Emirates. Uh, and so there's certain things there. So yeah, we, we want this to be global, uh, but we do want to take, you know, baby steps to get there. You know, if the thing comes out in April, you know, we don't have to sell 10 million units in order to survive. 
we, we, we got 10 years, seven to 10 years to, to, to sell this, you know, uh, we're not going anywhere. And so, you know, we sell a couple hundred thousand units out of the gate. That's enough to keep sustaining us and we'll keep growing and growing and growing and growing. So we're, we're good. We're, I like, I like where we're at. I will tell you this, and this is my, uh, uh, yeah, oh no, I'm not muted. Okay. Yeah, I'll yeah. tell you this. So um, wh what I feel like how the console is presented and when you are the spokesperson, because you're a really good um, um, explainer, how everything works and why you do it and stuff. Like, I feel this is going to be more popular than even mm -hmm. Nintendo and the Switch. Like wow. my, per well, hey, my personal, your lips hey. to God's ears, my friend. Your lips to God's ears. <laughs> well, let's I'm really hope so. I'm well, look, buy he, look, look, here's the thing. I can't say that because I would look like a total idiot and people would make fun of me. But inside my mind, why shouldn't I feel like that? Why, why shouldn't I reach for the stars as my Italian grandparents would always tell me like you know the sky's the limit don't let anyone ever tell you you can't do something right you know and so and you have to have in order to in order to achieve great things you have to dream great things right mm -hmm. you know and so yeah why shouldn't i dream hey if if the we sold 100 million 102 million units well this is the we 15 years later but we're catering to the non-game. We're catering to those casual and non-gaming folks and hardcore gamers as well for certain products. But, you know, yeah, why, why shouldn't we be able to? Why not? You know, I'm not going to crush that dream. So thank you for saying that. It, it, it's, it's, it, that means a lot to me because, uh, again, you know, I have to dream that, you know. Um, but for somebody else to say it, uh is is kind of cool that that or to even think that and and i appreciate that it means a lot yeah thanks let's well, hope uh, from your from your lips to god's ears <laughs> <laughs> well um i know that you got to get out of here because you have a meeting so yeah. i just want to go ahead and wrap up the show um flemish real quick can you tell everybody where they can find you yeah so you can find me on this channel for interviews reviews uh soon um and then um our live streams of course and then you can find me on uh, Retro Rangates on Tuesday evening, uh, 7 p.m. EST. And then on Sunday on the Flemish Experience. Thanks. Crispy, where can people find you? Oh, absolute pleasure, Tommy. I hope all the best Thank for you. you. Um, yeah, it's at Crispy Bomb on Twitter. Crispy Bomb 28 Xbox Live. Retro Renegades, 7 p.m. Tuesday nights. Breakfast with Boom Friday, 10 a.m. And you can find me whenever we're doing interviews. I will try to be here every time. Great. Nice. Uh, Dreadpool. Uh, thank you, Tommy. As, as, as I've always said, you can tell the passion that you have about this. And this is why, you know, we believe in you because you actually believe in yourself and what you are promoting, you know, and that's day one. As soon as you said, uh, you talked about this and I heard it. I went ahead and pre-ordered as soon as I was able to pre-order. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you. for So I appreciate your time with us. You can always find me on Twitter at Dreadpool. The O's are zeros. YouTube, Gamertag, and Stadia. It's all Dreadpool, all letters, all caps. Every week, you can find me on Gaming Beyond the Box, Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. Breakfast with Boom, right along with Crispy Bomb, uh, Friday mornings at 10 a.m. Obviously, Four Guys Recorders, whenever we're doing interviews, I will also try to be here to, to assist. 
And then uh, the most important one, Tommy, anytime mm-hmm. you come down to Central Florida, yeah, I do Breaking Bread with Dread. And I find personalities and we go to a local place and we Great. sit down and we talk and I have a microphone in between us. So it's, I love in, it. it's in stereo. It's organic because you literally hear children crying, chairs moving. Um, this last well, one. Here's I the did, thing. I, 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 I just I just I would have one request. You got to you got to find the best Italian place in town. Oh, I've got a couple places. Great. There's a few places. Uh, there's a place called Maggiano's. Oh, well, Maggiano's I go to all the time. It's right there in the mall. I, when, whenever yes. I go to Tampa, I go, I go to Maggiano's. It's, it's amazing. Beautiful. The wood, when you walk in, the beautiful bar. And we usually get like one of the back rooms on the side. It, the place is huge. Maggiano's, you kidding me? I'm, I'm a regular there. So Absolutely. We'll, we'll do it. We'll, we'll do that there. Yeah. So like I said, it's all in stereo too. So that's the funny part. You, you <laughs> One person will be on one side, one person will be on the other side. This is totally... N- the opposite of podcasting, you know, podcasting one-on-one quiet room, you know, right. no interruptions. We'll actually have the wait staff interrupt us asking us for refills or I stuff like that. Like I said, it's all organic and we talk about Count, whatever. Put me down. Put me down. Thank you. Awesome. I just, one last question Chris Smith had in the, in the chat. He said, when can we see the UI video? He can't wait. Uh, that's our user interface. Yeah. I was, I was going to show it last weekend and the, I had problems with the stream and everything and I didn't want to show it like all choppy and stuff. Um, so I'm just working out my internet stuff. Uh, I have a brand new, uh, computer, uh, right here, which is a monster of a computer. Um, and, uh, and so I'm working out the streaming stuff and uh, and my camera thing so i'm hoping to do that next week i'm pretty sure it'll be next week yeah so thank you uh thank you for asking about that chris um yeah awesome well thank you for everybody i'm just i'm looking at the stream here now uh it's all so great um so great oh dale brown says i hope you get the license for gauntlet dale we are working on that are you kidding me four player dungeon crawler new graphics keep it overhead new audio new levels multiplayer co-op and let's do a by the way let's do a versus mode as well let's all battle each oh, other that too, would be through cool. oh, right you can just keep so chill, bro. We're, we're all over it dale yeah awesome Qu- guys yeah uh crispy bomb where can we find you he already oh, said no, here he already oh. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, so what you mean to say is italian clowns where can we find you Yes. Uh, well, you can find me at Italian Clowns on almost all social media. Four guys with quarters. Um, on Tuesdays, we do the main podcast. Flemish and I will, are done doing a news podcast three days a week. But lately, we've been doing interviews. Um, and it was really awesome to talk to Tommy. It was really cool. Um, and I want to go ahead and stop the stream here so we can all get ready to leave. But thank you, everybody in the chat, for coming out. Hit that like button, subscribe, share, whatever you want to do. Um, leave comments, um, you know, stay positive and keep gaming no matter where yeah. you like the game. Just have fun gaming no matter where it is. Awesome. Well, high five, virtual high five to you, Dale Brown. <laughs>